0: 106 miles to Chicago, we got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit
1: it. It's on Saturday night
0: at the U.S. UF- fight, Bill Burr's wife gave two middle fingers to the former president.
2: Yeah, but I think Bill Burr is similar to Trump in, like, a lot of his jokes, too. I
3: I think he probably took his side, right? He's like, right, you know, I kind of wish, right, I I wish,
4: no, no, right, I'm dealing with this on a Monday, right? I wish Trump, no, no, dude, I wish Trump turned around, gave her the bird, right, and built a wall around her mouth so she stops
2: (laughs) talking for five seconds, Right. Right, if I only saw it, right, but I missed it. He was looking off in the distance. He yeah. Shut it down. Yes, you can't hit him. Right, they can you say think
1: anything. Trump would have been upset if he knew. I mean, she was a nasty woman, right? She's yeah. a nasty woman, right? Nasty woman. She was so nasty, right? But we'll be back. We'll be back, and I'll show her the bird, the bald eagle, because I'll be back in the White House. Right? How about that freedom? Right? That's freedom. Right?
5: They did something very interesting in San Francisco. It's a city that needs to be put under control. So they did, because Xi was coming. Put aside the fact that you only clean up when company's coming over. (laughs) Okay, so they cleaned it up. The vagrants off the street, the the homeless, you know. God forbid the guy who (laughs) sends us the fentanyl sees somebody on fentanyl. You know, it's like, this to me is why Trump is winning. Because he talks about, I'm going to open up the mental hospitals again. I'm not saying these are necessarily the good solutions, but he talks, I'm going to put people in camps, the immigrant, all this kind of stuff. And people just see a place, a a country, especially in the cities, that looks out of control. And the fact that the Democrats could control it for three days, how about making it permanent?
6: These are the top 10 cities people are relocating to Vegas from. Number one, Los Angeles. Number two, San Francisco. Number three, San Diego. Number four, Seattle. Number five, New York. Number six, Chicago. Number seven, Honolulu. Number eight, Washington, D.C. Number nine, Portland, Oregon. Number 10, Sacramento.
1: This is TNN. Welcome to TNN, the real news network that looks just like the fake news network, but we're doing a lot better with much better ratings, okay? Breaking news, and it's not the only thing that's breaking. A roadway has collapsed on I-95, and it is being reported that Chris Christie and his many chins were on his way to a campaign event, and the road simply gave way. It simply couldn't handle it. What a disgrace. It's like the Build Back Better of the Biden administration. That's what it looks like. The road gave way, nobody has been reported hurt, nobody has been reported injured, except a big beautiful box of donuts that Chris Christie was evidently preoccupied with when we reached out for comment. Thank you for joining TNN, and let's make America
4: great again, believe me. You don't like America, get out! Get out! We don't want you here either. You don't want to be here, we don't want you, it's perfect, go
7: home. Honestly, like these, half these people, are chanting in Arabic about this country that they've clearly chosen, but it's not good enough for them. Get out. We don't need you here.
4: Benninger and you're listening to No Hostages Radio. This is episode 243, and to arrive on November 25 after Thanksgiving 2023, I'll make some comments about Thanksgiving since I'm recording it the day before. So, welcome. You can reach me if you ever want to connect with me and communicate anything. You can reach me at 530 713. One eight three eight five three zero seven one three one eight three eight. That's my cell phone. It's the only phone I use nowadays, and uh, you can text or call obviously on that phone line. I'm on the left coast most of the time of the United States. You can also reach me at Lou, L O U at nohostagesradio.com. Lou at com. It's L O U, and you can go to that website as well to pick up previous podcasts and articles that i've written uh we also do a live show if you if you care to know that it's on saturday this show always pops up on saturday after it's tidied up by um, uh, some techies and uh, all my helpers uh tanner martis is the key guy that makes it sound right on the internet and then he also helps us with our live show also on saturdays it's um a live show that starts at 10 in the morning and ends just at uh, 1 in the afternoon. So you can uh, go to the live show as well. You can go to our website, nohostagesradio.com, and click on the live button, and you're not listening to the podcast. Then you're actually listening to whatever is coming across live on KMYC 1410 AM in Northern California. Of course, you can't hear that very far away as an am station but wherever you are in the world or in southern california or wherever you can you can listen to that live show uh as well so um let's see i think i covered all the basics i wanted to mention that since it's thanksgiving and there's always a bunch of bad information that's given by liberals and hist- history revisionists about uh, you know they always expect the people in the 1600s and 1700s to be perfect but they don't they can't figure out or they don't want to make any uh commentation or com uh, comment about people today so even though we have laws against murder rape uh thievery uh extortion th- th- everything right People, there's some people that think they're just going to do that anyway. They don't. They're not going to obey the law. So somehow we believe that the Puritans, or the Quakers, or the Pilgrims, however you want to call them, the new people to this country, should have been perfect behavior. And you just and many of the revisionists assume that the Native Americans, we call them Native Americans, are indigenous people to this country that were here when. The Europeans arrived. They were all just peace-loving, perfect people. Those are all myths. So, my friend Cynthia Petros, uh, I should call her doctor. She's a pathologist. She and her husband William or Bill were both the pathologists for the Rideout Hospital for many years, and then they retired. And like many of my friends, they used to. They're used tos. And what I mean by used to, they used to live here, but now they don't live in California anymore. They lived, These folks lived in Colorado. They live in Colorado now. So she wrote, she posted about Thanksgiving. She says racial and religious tolerance, not intolerance, but racial and religious tolerance in America began in the Plymouth, Massachusetts, of the first Thanksgiving. So that's the early 1600s, right? So she's saying something went on with the early Europeans that demonstrated racial and religious tolerance. Do you know what it was? I didn't. This is new to me because I'm very interested in history now, but I don't have many years left. But I'm fascinated by history. I wasn't when I was a kid going to school. I think it was just the way it was taught. And I didn't really have a framework to understand history, and my brain just didn't have enough brain cells of that nature. So she goes on, Cynthia goes on to say, religious tolerance was set forth in the Mayflower Compact. Or that's an agreement, right? They made, they wrote that on the ship before they, they got land on the land. Religious tolerance was set forth in the Mayflower Compact between two different religious groups or two different groups of pilgrims now you might have thought that all those people on the ship uh, were all alike like clones and they all thought alike they didn't they were just what what they had in in common was they wanted to come to america what they thought what they were going to call america referred to as america but they had many differences that could divide them just like we have in every community in the united states But people that look back and want to judge the people of 1600 by the 2023 standards, but they can't even keep a job. They can't even wipe their nose. They can't keep them knocking holes in glass and stealing stuff. But they want everybody to start this country perfect. Listen to this. So uh, it says religious tolerance was set forth in a Mayflower Compact between the two different groups of the pilgrims. So the different groups, one was a religious separatist group, and the other were more secular adventurers. In other words, they were just going to try to make a better life for themselves. Okay, Two different visions in life. One very religious, and the second were more just people that were hoping for a better life, just like folks do today. They move around, they're going to take a better job, they start a business, etc., So she says the Mayflower Compact became a model for future state and even national constitutions. You can probably go online and read it, probably in in a photograph of the original cursive, although most people I know can't read cursive today. She goes on to say the laws of the colony assured equal treatment of Europeans and Native Americans. Did you know that? You probably didn't. You probably thought they were all coming here to kill everybody on land and burn down all the forests and kill all the animals. That's what they teach in school. She goes on to say, for example, they executed white men or Europeans for killing natives. Yep, some people murdered people. Some people murdered. In fact, some people I know just had some friends murdered up in Oregon last week. People get murdered every day in almost every city, a big city in the United States. So before you have a meltdown about white men killing natives, it happened. People were gnarly. What's important to remember is that they executed white men for killing. They believed in capital punishment back then. They believed in forgiving people and then hanging them. She said this is because they followed the Bible which in Leviticus 19 19 chapter 34th verse says to treat strangers in your midst as yourselves. So they treated the Native Americans in the same fashion that they treated white, if you want to use that, white Europeans. They were commanded by Scripture to do that. So that's the way they followed the rules. So if if a... If a a native of America suffered theft or rape or death, then they held responsible those who did that. The colonists did. Sadly, she said, not everyone who came to America followed those principles by a long shot. Just like today. People steal all the time. Every week in properties that I'm in charge of, people are vandalizing and stealing stuff, even though there's all kinds of laws on the books that said you ought not do that, and the Bible says do not steal. But people do that. You know, uh, you have all these wonderful theories, particularly they teach all these theories in the university and teach you how terrible. Somebody told me the other day that they... Christopher Columbus came and, and made everyone sick as if he traveled all the way across the earth just to give somebody a disease. Well, we know, even if you know anything about missiology, that the first missionaries that left England and left the United States to go to Africa and India, few of them lasted four or five months. You know why? It wasn't the Indians were bad people or the Africans were bad people, they had illnesses over there that were gnarly, that they were immune to, but the Europeans and Americans did not have immunity to those illnesses, and before their body could adjust to them, it killed them. It's just a little science fact. She says, sadly, not everyone who came to America followed these principles by a long shot, exclamation point. Don't you wish they had, she questions. But then, as history proves, there never was a rule that only good people could come to America. Isn't that true? So right now we have child molesters, pedophiles, child traffickers, drug dealers, fentanyl dealers, people that are raping children and raping uh, women coming across the border. And we're just welcoming them in. No COVID tests, no TB tests, no tests, just welcoming them in. In fact, we just learned from Josh Hawley, who is the senator from Missouri. He was questioning the head lady who was in charge of all the children that had come across the border. And they have lost track of 83,000 children. Many are working in sweatshops. I didn't even think we had sweatshops in the United States. I didn't think we I thought we actually enforced labor laws in the United States. I'm it seemed like I'm all if I'm running a business, I'm always getting called on the carpet for some infraction that I didn't do something right and I'm now I'm gonna have to pay a penalty. Just like Feather River Air Quality just harassing us at Church of Glad Tidings, they said we are watching you. That says it like we're molesting kids or something, or we're dealing fentanyl out there. You know what Feather River air quality is? They're saying if you burn and you don't burn properly, we will fine you. We are waiting. We are circling your property with little white trucks with little little boys in there with tablets that can, can report you. Well. We're letting all kinds of gnarly people across the border. Nobody seems to be concerned about them, but they are like hot on us. Isn't that interesting? Well, that's Thanksgiving, and I I wish you. Uh, you know, I always think of Thanksgiving as kind of a uh, in a time. It isn't just a day, but usually people start eating and celebrating on Thursday, and just and it seems like more and more they're taking days off beforehand to just get all wound up. But many times they just go ahead and they just keep eating leftovers right on through the weekend. So Thursday through the weekend, uh, bless you. God bless you. We have a lot to be thankful for, even though we're in in the midst of a communist takeover here. They're going to have to take over every community one by one. And if we stand up in our community, in our county, in our state, I don't care how communist that California has become. Uh, we, we're just going to make it as best as we can, right? Are you with me? I'm over here in California, and many of my friends have uh, relocated and are out there standing up for righteousness and uh, are patriots all over the country. And I, I'm not going to mention states and all that stuff. Why waste the time? They're just all over the place. They found another place to land that they thought was freer and less costly than uh, California. So uh, I've been thinking about this slogan, one day on paper, in person, hand counted. Isn't that a good slogan? In other words, all the votes on one day, none of this, we vote for a month. One day voting, all on paper, in person, with an I.D., and all hand counted by your local people. You think, "Oh, Lou, that's so unrealistic. That's so like dinosaurish. That's so ridiculous. That that can never happen." That's just because you don't understand that it has happened and it did work and uh it's still working today around the world. Let me give you some examples. Argentina has they had 25 to 30 million <clears throat> paper ballots. They hand-counted all the ballots in a few hours. Did you hear me? 25 to 30 million. Okay. So you say, oh, well, we're talking about the United States of America. Okay. Let's just give you some small chunks of the United States of America. Because one group doesn't have to count them all. Like Yuba County can count theirs, and Sutter County can count theirs. And your county can count theirs, just count them county by county by county. So Maricopa County, which is notorious for stealing and, and discombobulated elections and just, I mean, it's like they're retarded down there. So Maricopa in 2020, there were 1.9 million ballots to count. They used machines and they took them weeks. Milwaukee 2020, 460,000 paper ballots 460,000 Detroit these are all blue blue areas Detroit 2020 250,000 ballots Fulton County Georgia that's where Atlanta is 523,000 ballots okay they can't count those in one day they can't do it they're using machines we're using machines all the United States not because it's more efficient it's because somebody else has now taken over the counting you know there's safety in each individual community counting their own ballots. I got much more confidence in my fellow citizens in Yuba County where I'm sitting counting. than I do somebody down in Sacramento or somebody in another part of the United States counting Yuba County's ballots and flipping the votes on the machines. don't Don't even bring up that you can't fuss with the machines. People are fussing with my computer all the time. I get I got virus protection. <clears throat> there, there's nothing. People are doing stuff with my phone. They're listening to me on my phone. All that kind of stuff. One day, one paper, in-person, hand-counted. It's been proven over and over throughout the United States that you can you can have a vote and count them all the same day. So Argentina proves it and we could just spend I'm not gonna spend all night just beating a dead horse. I'm just telling you. Now, this is another thing that I think you'll find interesting about the Trump election. So you remember he got elected in 2016, and then he uh, got elected again in 2020, but the election was stolen. This is some interesting uh, details that you may have just overlooked, or maybe you didn't hear it stated. In the 2020 election, Trump won every single state in the union with in-person voting. If you just looked at in-person voting, he won every single state. If you look at voting by mail, you remember that 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 week, California, Gavin Newsom, without anybody else's input or vote, he just declared, we're going to send a ballot to every, <clears throat> everybody that's registered. So if you look at just the every... If you look at just vote by mail, Biden won every single state. Every single state. If you just look at vote by mail, if you only counted vote by mail, Biden won every single state. Now you wonder, well, how many, how many uh, elect, how many, uh, excuse me, votes by mail were there in 2016 versus 2020? Because you you remember. Trump surprised everybody and won against Hillary in 2016, right? Well, in that year there was two, there were 29 million vote by mail, and Trump won. But in 2020 there were 66 million vote by mail, and, and of course Biden did. Do you remember? I just said Biden won every state by mail. He lost every state at the polls just something to think about because there there's a lot of people believe and just don't wonder they know that the vote was stolen by the mail vote because aren't in any way that in the the strong republican states that vote by mail or by person biden would have won so you may not have you know in the the talks on the media you got to. I haven't had a, a television for decades. If you're still watching television, you're just about as stupid as the posts there in your front room. So that's just something to think about. The other thing I think I want to fill in is, uh, I don't know whether you're following this, uh, this war in Israel, but I, I just want to bring some intelligence to your perspective, because I think it's just fascinating. And I have a map here in front of me. I wish I could show you a map. It's of northern Africa, and then if you go over, uh, you move east from northern Africa, like across uh, from Egypt over into Jordan and Saudi Arabia, then you get over into the Middle East. So you end up with all these countries that are all Muslim, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a minute, but I need to take a break, and then we'll be right back. We've got five more segments.
2: You got it
1: like Say you are my friend.
2: When I was down, you just did that pretty. You got it. How many refugees has Poland
0: taken? Zero.
4: And you're proud of that?
0: If you are asking me about Muslim, uh, Muslims' illegal immigration, None, not even one will come to Poland, not even one if it's illegal. We, we took over two million Ukrainians who are working, who are peaceful in Poland. We will not receive even one Muslim this, because this is what we promised. And Jean-Claude Juncker, the commission president, says that you're racist.
7: You sound proud of the fact that you haven't taken any refugees.
0: Of course, because this is what our people are expecting from our government, that's number one. This is why our government was uh, elected. But this is why Poland is so safe. This is the, the, the reason why we have not even uh, one terrorist attack. Look at the streets in Poland. And we can be called populists, nationalists, racists. I don't care. I care about my family and about my country.
7: Can anybody say 2,000 mules? I um, I kick off my segment with this comment because there are three election cases that are in court right now. And one of those three has already resulted in an overturned election. And when you hear the details, you cannot help, but think about 2000 mules, because what is being disputed in these cases is precisely illegal votes, illegal votes in some cases being delivered illegally with money changing hands for the people making those illegal deliveries using mail-in drop boxes all captured on, you guessed it, surveillance video. And I think what's happened is that when people look at the surveillance video in these cases, they're like, oh my gosh, this is what we saw in 2000 Mules. This was actually Megyn Kelly. I just saw Megyn Kelly on an episode where she was talking to, I think it was Adam Carolla, and uh, Megan said, um, she goes, you know, when I was having Dinesh on last year to talk about 2000 Mules, some of my friends told me don't have Dinesh on because even though he's a smart guy, the movie is full of lies. And Megan Kelly's like, how do you know it's lies? I mean, have you talked to any of those people on that surveillance video, do you, do you have any knowledge of the situation? You don't, you have no idea. You're just assuming it's lies because you've swallowed the propaganda that this was the safest, most secure election in history. So fortunately, Megan wasn't conned, uh, by this kind of, uh, attempt to intimidate her. Oh, it's all lies. And, and this is as long as they can do that in a chorus, it works. But well, what's happening with these cases and there is essentially the truth is starting to come out. And what's, I think the reason the truth is coming out is because these are fights among Democrats. In fact, in, in an interesting case, you're, you have, well, one of the cases involves a, um, a Democratic judge in Connecticut. This is probably the most prominent case in Bridgeport, Connecticut. The judge has overturned the results of a Democratic mayoral primary, and he's ordered a new election. And why? Because the judge saw video after video of the Democratic clerk stuffing illegal ballots into the city drop box and visiting it multiple times in a single day. Uh, The video was, by the way, leaked by a whistleblower. It was put out by Gateway Pundit. And after the video was released, the guy who lost the mayoral race, a guy named John Gomes, held a press conference. He goes, I've got a lot of evidence of cheating. He put it out there and decided to challenge this in court. It went to court. And the city registrar of voters admitted in court that she had been violating the law on mail-in ballots for years. She's been in her position, by the way, for 20 years. I think what we're learning here is that Democrats have perfected these cheating strategies on themselves. And they've also been doing it for a long time. They might have ramped it up under COVID, but they didn't invent this sort of strategy uh, for the 2020 election. They have been doing it beforehand. They were doing it in their own races, even in local races. And this is where the evidence is now coming out. Now, there's been shocking footage coming out of Springfield, Massachusetts, where you can see, uh, you can see uh, people committing fraud uh, right in front of your eyes. In fact, City Hall officials have written sworn affidavits saying that the candidate, his name is Justin Hurst, basically was paying homeless people $10 to vote for him. So, he drives you to the ballot box. When you arrive at the ballot box, you're you're given an I voted early sticker. You show him the sticker, and then you get the money. And let's remember, if you remember 2000 mules, we talked about mules being paid per ballot. How much, what was the amount of money that was described as being paid per ballot? $10. So again, uh, obviously, we have nothing to do with this particular case, but isn't it interesting that the the fee per vote is exactly the same as described in 2000 mules. So this stuff is now coming out. It's blowing ultimately the whistle that this stuff is real, it's not made up. And even though there wasn't follow-up investigations, which by the way is not totally a surprise, the investigations in mules were done in democratic districts. But the real problem is that there were Republicans who were in a position to do these investigations, but never did. I'm thinking, for example, of the Republican attorney general in Arizona. He could have done it, he never did, or he never did a thorough investigation of mules. Same in Georgia. There's a Republican establishment. They could have investigated. They didn't. Uh, in other words, no systematic investigation, no attempt to interview the the mules, no attempt to trace where they got those ballots, even though you see backpacks of ballots in the film. So it's nice to, be, to have this vindication. In other words, I didn't really need it. The vindication of the movie is in the movie itself. It's the evidence put forward in the film. But here is some supporting data coming out later that goes, guys, you were on the right track after all.
2: Have you ever seen that guy who's got the record for fattest man in the world? Bob Hughes, the fattest man in the world, 1,400 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, the man has let himself go. <laughs> Come on, Bob, have a salad here, do something. For you. <laughs> I used to feel bad talking about the guy, you know what I mean? I used to think maybe I would offend somebody in the audience, but then I thought about it. You could be in the audience, you could weigh a thousand pounds and still go, he's not talking about me. (laughs) This is a man with a serious weight problem. I've got it under control. But 1,400, it's just, it's too much. Bob, wherever you are, if you're in the world, go on a diet. Take off a couple hundred pounds. But you realize 200 pounds on this guy doesn't even make a dent. And if you were a friend of his, what would you say to him? You know, you look great, Mom. What are you down to? 1,200 now? You're a rail, baby. (laughs)
4: North Valley Paralegal, who was last week at this time, was at 1110 Civic Center Boulevard in Yuba City. They made a move on Saturday when we were doing the live show, and they moved into this seven-story building that we're in. They moved into the bottom floor where we broadcast from. And they're now relocated at 423 4th Street, 423 4th Street, right across from Sierra Central Credit Union. It's, it's got a, a name on the building. It's called the Hart Building, H A R T. And they are right, you walk right in the lobby, and they're the first suite of offices on the right. And they should have some signage up by the time you hear this. But they're in there. And uh, North Valley Paralegal, if you want any legal help, I have all kinds of people that listen to this show have gone to Nellie Garcia and rave about her. I just talked to a lady late last night. Her husband was sick with turbo cancer from taking the jab, and she needed some immediate legal help uh, because he was dying in the hospital. He was terminal, and he was uh, diagnosed and dead in 10 weeks from turbo cancer from the COVID jab. And so uh, Nellie Garcia, she she couldn't say enough good things about Nellie Garcia and how she expedited everything. And really went out of her way to serve her and help her her family, so uh, if you need some legal help, North Valley Paralegal is now located in Marysville, right across from Sierra Central Credit Union, kind of catacorned to mcdonald 's, and right in the lobby, right off the lobby at the bottom floor, which is perfect, of the heart uh, building at 423 th- four, um 4th street marysville so you can reach out and make an appointment over there at 530-751-9289 i'm gonna give you a second number in case one of those isn't all hooked up at&t you know they have to re-hook you up so instead of 751-9289 i'm gonna give you another 673-4500 is a secondary number 530-673-4500 if you need some help call nelly she's gonna uh, be a lot more kind and caring and interested in your situation, and way cheaper, and uh, do a better job than an attorney can. Okay, also, I, I want to bring up uh, Will Fanning. He took a little vacation. He took a—he rarely ever takes a day off, and he took a little break, And but he's back, and uh, his whole crew worked while he was gone, of course. So all power services, if you've got any kind of equipment, small hand tools, mowers, on up to mowers, weed eaters, chainsaws— Uh, power washers, all kinds of things like that, all the way up to bigger equipment, anything with power involved in it. These guys got it going on. So bring all your broken equipment out there and uh, they'll be working. I'm sure they're going to take tomorrow off as Turkey day uh, or Thursday. Uh, By the time you listen to that, they've already blown through there and they're back to work. So these guys work hard and uh, you can reach them at 530-844-0347. That's in Yuba city. Um, that's a cell phone. You could text or call it, or you could go a landline at 530-790-5100, 790 They're over at 1469 Stewart Road, S-T-E-W-A-R-T Road. It's right off Highway 99, just south of the city, and uh, they got a nice spot out there, and they will take good care of you. Just tell them, Lou sent you over there, and uh, they'll get you squared away. So I was telling you about... You're hearing all kinds of propaganda on the news. If you want to do something cool, uh, look at maybe you could uh, do an Internet search and just say, you know, go go to maps and say uh, Arab Arab nations. And so I have a map in front of me right now and it lists the Arab nations and it lists them all across northern Africa, Merit, Merit, Merit. I can't even see how they Mauritania, Mauritania, Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Sudan, Somalia, Djibouti, Yemen, Oman or Oman, Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Kuwait, Bahrain, Qatar, United Arab Emirates. It's a big green belt all the way across Africa, all the way through the Middle East. And there's, it's just, it's all in green here. See, it highlights it. I didn't add up all the billion of people, maybe a billion people, I don't know. But right on the edge of the ocean in a tiny little red, it's almost about the as big as a, the lead on a sharpened pencil, is Israel. And so the green is the Arab world and the red is Israel. The Arabs have 99.6% of the Middle East land, 99.6%. And Israel has point four percent That's four tenths of a percent. That's not even a half of a percent. It sounds like when you listen to the news that Israel has almost as much land as the Arabs. But I'm just telling you. You can look for yourself. If you don't look for yourself, you you'll, you're constantly going to believe a lie. The Arabs' complaint is that Israel is occupying their land. Even if they were, which they aren't, it's only 0. 0.4 tenths of a percent, and it's a small group of people, a few million. Okay. It says because 99 points, the Arabs complain that Israel occupying their land because 99.6% just isn't enough when your hate for the Jews is the center of your life. Now, I just opened up the Epoch Times from this past week, and I'm going to give you the date because this article blew my mind. It's from the night November 15th through the 20th, it's a weekly paper, Epoch, E-P-O-C-H Times. It's the Northwest edition. And on page A6 and A7, there's a fascinating article. I read every single word of it. It says, A young Palestinian who found refuge in Israel. This, This guy, he identifies himself. He fled from Lebanon... I'm sorry, from Palestine, what they call Palestine or or the uh, Gaza Strip. He fled as a young boy uh, because he hated it over there. And and all they they kept teaching all the children in school, you know how they're teaching the kids now that uh, about transgenderism and they may not be a boy. They actually may be a girl in, in a boy's outfit. And this guy says, actually, this, this article starts on the front page. A young Palestinian at age 12, Dor Shakar, ran away from the Gaza to live in Israel. His journey exposed a deep divide. The, the most shocking thing about this to me, the reminder it is, you know, a lot of times I'll meet somebody and I'll think that they think like I think. And it won't be until I learn more about them that they don't think anything like I think. They don't have the same values that I share. And that can be from people of the same ethnic persuasion, or it could be from a similar—I'm in California from another Californian, or from another—I'm a church guy, go to church. It could be from another church person doesn't see things like I see it. It could be anything you're involved in that some—you may be in the military, and you think that all military people think the same, and and you think, wow, I can't believe you believe that. So when I read this about this young boy and he started describing what life was like in an Arab family, I realized that kids in an Arab family are treated totally different than kids in a non-Arab family or in a Jewish family compared to a Jewish family. And I, I realized that that parents of Arab kids expect their kids to give their life to try to kill Jews. Now, Jews don't teach that to their kids. My parents never taught me to kill anybody. My parents never taught me to hate anybody. My parents didn't didn't teach me that certain ethnic groups were lesser than other ethnic groups. They just didn't address that and they the assumption was in my family everybody is is good people. In other words, just by the fact that they exist in a different color or a different country or eat different food doesn't mean they're lesser and you judge people by the character right but all all cultures don't think that way so i learned a lot what i just helped settle uh with some help other helpers a team of us helped settle an afghan family in the united states that that biden flew over here they flew about a hundred thousand of them when they left afghanistan And these Afghan folks don't think like we think. I'm not saying they're bad, all bad. I'm not saying that. They don't have the same value system. And either they're going to come to share our value system or they're going to have a tough time in America. This boy said that from his very beginning days in school, just like we send our kids to school, when it came time to go to school, they taught him how to write Arabic They also taught him that he needed to hate Jews and plan on killing Jews. And they taught that over and over again. And when he questioned that, they beat him with a hose. And they called his dad down there to the school the next day, and he beat him. And he was an outsider from that. He was a suspect from that point on, even though he was an Arab boy. Raising in a family, but he just thought this was unbelievable. You're teaching me to go part of your education. Here isn't the ABCs and the colors and the shapes and all that stuff. You're teaching me. I'm going to go kill Jews. And this article is amazing. It's a, it's question and answer. It is fascinating. This guy's a grown man now. And he did time in prison when, uh, When there was terrorism in Israel and and they they told people they had to get out if they were uh, if they were not Israelis from where he was living. Anyway, he's got a whole story the the outstanding thing to me is the people in the Gaza. They just all these people in the green. Mauritania, Morocco, Algeria, Libya, Tunisia, Egypt, Lebanon, Sudan, Yemen, Djibouti. Somalia, Oman, UAE, Qatar, Bahrain, Kuwait, Iraq, Syria, all these people. Billions. They have one common thing. They want to kill every Jew. I don't know any other ethnic groups that just randomly pick out an ethnic group. Now, I know under Clinton, there was there was a... Uh, ethnic wars, ethnic genocide between the Hutus and the Tutsis. You may think, oh, those are are weird names. Hey, get over it. They're people groups. They all happen to be black, really black, not American chocolate or latte. They're super black. But when they look at each other, they can tell the difference between one and another, and they massacred each other while the Clinton administration was running the show for America. I'm not blaming the Clintons. I'm just saying it was in that time frame. People develop hate for people. But the interesting thing is these folks want, they don't want land when you hear, oh, we, 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 this is our land. We were here. They were here that this, that, and the other thing we want, we want 40 more miles of land or whatever, whatever. No, no, no. They want to kill these people. They hate them. That's why when they came through, they killed kids. They killed everybody. They go, well, I can't believe Israel bombed the Gaza Strip. Yeah. You know, when we bomb, we kill kids too. When we bomb the enemies because the ISIS and all these people, ISIS, by the way, was created by Barack Obama. That may set set you back on your heels a bit. And so people, when there's full-out war, all kinds of people get civilians get killed. Did you know that there were civilians killed in the United States during World War II? Well, you just haven't studied very much. They were killed by a bomb. You think, oh, I didn't know we got bombed. Well, we got bombed. I don't have time to get into it. I'm just saying to you that Israel does not teach their kids to kill all the Arabs. In fact, they, their goal is to live with them. And before all this fighting, Israelis and Arabs lived peaceably together in much of Israel. But it's these terrorist groups that, that keep the, the pot boiling. Now, let me give you some history. If you've never read the Bible, and don't feel bad if you haven't, I, I, my people I was raised with did not read the Bible. They didn't know anything about it, as far as I can tell. And so, let me just, I did this last week. I'm going to touch on it again. It said, the Jewish people have populated or lived in the land of Israel for since 2000 befo- before Christ. 2,000 years before Christ. We're 2,000 some years after Christ. You got it? 4,000 years ago, these guys, Israel was living in the land they're living in right now. Think about it. And you're wanting to run them off. Oh, they got to give the, the, you know, there wasn't even such a thing as a pallet. In fact, if you look at uh, Golda Meir, if you see any YouTube talks with Golda Meir, she will tell you that when she was Uh, prime minister of Israel when they referred to Palestinians, that was a referral to people that were Arab and Israelis. They were all referred to as Palestinians. It was a, it was a referral. It's kind of like saying we're Californians. And I think there's hundreds of ethnic groups that live in California, but they refer to us as Californians. So anyway, I said before, anyway, here's a timeline. 900 Years before Christ, Abraham was chosen by God. You can read this right out of the Bible as the father of the Jewish nation. And on it goes down as you get closer to the crucifixion or the birth and crucifixion of Christ and the God's people, he he, he referred to him, my people, the Jewish nation. They lived in this area that, that there's struggle over right now, all the way up from 1900 before Christ all the way up to the time of Christ, and they, yeah, they were conquered and taken over, just like right now we're taken over by Communists. You think, well, I, I guess I, yeah, I, I don't know whether I believe that or not. You don't have to believe it. It's just the way the country is being run. So at different times, different uh, warring nations overtook Israel, and and they and the Israeli people still live there. But they were overtaken, like at the time of Christ, the Romans controlled Israel. The Romans conquered Israel 70 years before Christ. And, uh, and you, you can read all about it in the New Testament. It's, kinda, it's interesting if, you, if you're interested at all in history. And then after Christ, the Romans actually destroyed the main worship temple in Jerusalem. It said after that, the people were captives to Romans, the Byzantines, the Arabs, and the Crusaders. There was wars going back and forth and back and forth it's It's true of Vietnam if you travel in Cambodia and you ask how you know how did you end up the way you ended up. They say, well, one time all these all these nations Cambodia Laos, Vietnam were all run by this people <coughs> and we've had we've had that happen throughout history, all over the world. So uh, through all these events, the Jewish people continued to live in Israel. Just by, just because you got taken over doesn't mean you're not living in your country anymore. Depending on the centuries, uh, they were more or less there were more or less of them. In other words, there were you know the numbers of them. Many times, many of them were killed. And depending on the centuries, but there was never a time when the Jews did not live in this land. A lot of people say, well, they didn't live in the land until 1948. That's not true. It's just not true. They never have totally vacated that land. It's just like right now, between a year ago and now, a million Californians have left. That doesn't mean Cal- that California isn't inhabited anymore. Just a million left. And before that year, a couple of years before that, another million or so left. And by the time this year, uh, this next year ends, another million will leave. That doesn't mean California has is vacant. It just has a lot less population. So the the Jews stayed. They built communities. They raised their families, practiced their faith. They suffered at the hands of many outside rulers, but they always kept their faith. It's just right now that the the Chinese took over all of that land they have now. They took over Tibet. They took over Inner Mongolia. They took over all kinds of lands that people don't even speak their language. They took them over the same way Russia did. That didn't mean that those ethnic groups left their lands or gave up their lands, whether it was Ukraine or Crimea or Estonia or Latvia or Czechoslovakia or Yugoslavia. Those are all individual lands that Russia took over and then finally gave them all up. So in 1948, the U.N. established the state of Israel, in other words, a nation, the nation of the Jews. It says, don't buy the Palestinian lies that they are entitled to the land. They are not entitled to the land. So we're going to be right back, and uh, we finish our second segment. We've got four segments to go. Hang on.
1: the radical-left Democrats and their allies in the fake news media right back there, all those people with the camera are having an absolute meltdown because last night our campaign won a gigantic court victory in Colorado. We had a very radical left judge. And uh, the radical left judge was saying a lot of things that weren't nice. And uh, in the end, uh, she saw the light. She saw the light and did what was supposed to have been done. And we won, and we demolished there def- and defeated. You know, they had an outrageous attempt. The same people that have been suing me for, like, seven years. <laughs> crew. You ever hear of crew? Bunch of losers. Crew. <laughs> They've been losing for seven years, but they don't stop. They'll never stop. But it was an outrageous attempt at uh, disenfranchising millions and millions of voters by getting us thrown off the ballot. And uh, the judge, in the end, said, uh, we can't do that. So, you know, they can't do that. If they did that, I think it would have been very difficult for our country. So we've now beaten the radical left Democrats election rigging ballot qualification scam in Colorado and Michigan and Minnesota and New Hampshire and other states. And uh, we just don't know where it was just another idea they talked about the 14th Amendment. Uh, you know, they came up with this concept. Maybe we can keep them up. Maybe just what are we going to do with this guy? This guy is crazy. What are we going to do with him? They're very tired of uh, us. You know, we won the first one and we won the second one even bigger. And uh, and we got, we got screwed, that's what happened. We had a rigged election. Our opponents are showing every day that they hate democracy. They're trying every illegal move they can to try and steal this election because they know that in a free and fair fight against President Trump and crooked Joe Biden, uh, Biden doesn't have a shot. He's going to be going down into his basement again. He's going to be hiding. Now, when you look at all the things that, even if you just go to some of the more modern, the modern things that we caught, like the 51 agent saying it was Russia disinformation, the laptop from hell, right, Russia disinformation, or the FBI Twitter files, or so much else.
0: There was a Christian German who hid Jews during the Holocaust, and he was asked why he did such a heroic and dangerous act. His answer was simple, at least I will know when I die and stand before God, he will not ask me what he asked Cain in the Bible. Where were you when your brother's blood cried out from the ground? What the world needs to start thinking about today is what will your excuse be. The very youthful Biden is old enough that Hawaii wasn't even a state for the first 17 years of his life. So he may not have gotten the memo that it is part of the US now. And as many lives were lost in the fires, the Hawaii governor and others wasted no time pointing the finger of blame for the wildfires at climate change. The elites know to never let a good crisis go to waste and at other times they seem to cause the crisis that they don't let go to waste. Some speculate that a Directed Energy Weapon, or DEW, was used to intentionally start the fire so that a World Economic Forum-friendly, climate change-fighting 15-minute city could be built upon the destroyed town of Lahaina. This doesn't make sense, though, because back in January there was a meeting held on Maui about turning it into a 15-minute city. Wait a minute that would actually make it make more sense.
8: Hey, um, I just got a few questions for the people in charge. Why do we protect the borders of other countries with jet fighters and soldiers and missiles and billions of dollars, but we protect our own borders with, well, we just, we don't actually. Why is that? Um, If a baby can't be president because it poops its pants, can't walk without falling down, can't speak in coherent sentences, and doesn't have the mental capacity to make its own decisions, Why is this guy in charge? Somebody better check his ID, I'm not convinced he's not an infant. Okay, here's a real doozy. If sex and gender exist exclusively of one another, they aren't connected in any way, then why do men who want to switch their gender to women keep cutting their dicks off? It doesn't make any sense. You don't have to cut off your John to become a Jill if they're not connected. Oh, and I'm stoked that you guys found out who killed Tupac, but... Where are the Epstein flight logs? Come on, man. Come on. And the most important question of all, who's ready for a brand new music video on Friday.
4: talk about israel a little bit more and because i want you to get a a better historical sense i'm not saying uh well let me just let me talk let me say what i'm going to say and then we'll just get back into the thick of it instead of just making an allusion to it so uh when i get a a problem with my car uh it depends on what the problem is if i need tires i go one place If i need a tune-up i go another place if I need a window, I go another place. But if my, my body gets crunched, I go to Allen's Auto Body. And they're over at Tea garden and Sutter Street in Yuba City. If you're on Sutter, just go down to Tea garden It's right in the center between the two bridges, 5th and 10th. And it's a bright yellow building. It's Allen's Auto Body. And I'll tell you why I go there. I go there because I trust them and I like them. They're patriots. They're good people. They're honest people. They get the job. They do a really great job. And so uh, I like to, I I just, I don't even worry about it. If I crunch my car, I just call Kevin, Kevin Clark and his wife, Carrie. And I say, hey, I did this. Can I drop it off? Yeah, they said, bring it over. And I drop it off. You can call them if you want them to to give you an estimate or something at 530-671-1057. 1057. Six seven one one zero five seven. they will take good care of you, and uh, they'll do a great job, and you can trust them, okay, so I also want to mention uh Peachtree Health, that's where Dr. Cassidy works. He's my friend for many years, and he's the addicts friend in the Ubisetter area. everybody that's has trouble with drugs knows Dr. Cassidy and knows when they're ready to change he can help them, so Doc and I partnered up because the government. Who claims that they have the job of taking care of addicts is is really trying to kill them. You think, oh, well, you can't just say that. Yes, I'm saying that. It's like if you don't feed a kid, if you don't feed your kid properly, take care of your kid properly. I would say you're trying to kill kill your kid, destroy your kid, right? Or if you give your kid some methamphetamine, you're trying to kill your kid, right? Get over it. The government is trying to is is abandoning addicts and has all the drug money the drug rehab money but but it's very reluctant to give it out and i don't have time to get into all the details about that if you want to call me up you uh, my number is 530-713-1838 i will explain it to you but in the meantime people are dying on the streets as we debate and go and drink our lattes people are dying on the streets every single day so we don't like that. Doc and I don't like that. So we give out our number on the phone and say, call us and we'll help you get help. And I say get help because the, every addict doesn't need the same thing. They have different needs. Some of them have general health problems. Some of them need to be detox. Some of them need to go to a rehab. Some of them need to do, do an outpatient. Some of them need some medication. So Doc works over at Peachtree Health, and the number there is 530-749-3242, 749-3242. It's a very difficult system to get through. If you don't have the patience for it when you try it, please try it. But if you get a person that's going to take your call, say you need an appointment with Doc Cassidy, they say, well, we have lots of doctors. Can we recommend one? Say, no, I need to see Doc Cassidy because I have an addiction issue. Just be bold. Say it right out there and he's specializing in addiction, so um, anyway, uh, if you have problems with that number, I'm going to give you Doc's cell number to text during the day once, don't blow up his phone, don't do it at night, don't do it on the weekends, 530-682-8648, 682-8648, just put your name, text, put your name, your phone number and addiction he'll call you back when he gets out of his other patients right he actually works he just doesn't shoot drugs all day like you guys so uh if if you're really in a hard way and you need to have immediate resolve that's me just call me up or you can text me anytime of the night or day any day of the week lou benninger 5307131838 7131838 People say, "Oh, I can't believe you're doing that." I say, "Yeah, you can believe it. Just believe it. Just believe it. It's okay. I'm taking the calls. You aren't. Don't worry about it. Doc Doc has no problem with taking calls. Peachtree Health has problems with taking calls. One day I got I called over there. They said the 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 answering system was really good at telling me how many calls were ahead of me. It was like 17. I thought, I thought, man, I'm liable to die before that before that 17th call gets done. I got to move on. So anyway, uh, let's, let's get it on. We can help you and get, help you get your life back. Some of you have given up and you don't think you're going to be able to do it anymore. And, you, and a lot of addicts just kill themselves. Do You know that, don't you? So yeah, that's what happens. And they get discouraged and they give up. So I was telling you about Israel. And uh, so here, here's something to think about. Even though people are captives of other people doesn't mean they lose their land. Right. So what happened in 1948, the U.N., the United Nations, after World War Two, they they set up the state of Israel. It didn't mean that Jews didn't live there or they left there and abandoned it. No, no, no. They were living there. It's just they set up the state of Israel and lots of Jews that had fled that area and gone all over the world. And it's what they a term they called the diaspora. They wanted to go back to Israel. Why? Because the Bible says that they would and they, they obeyed the Bible and they said, we're going back and we're going to fulfill the prophecies of the Bible that Jews would return to their land. Remember their land. That's what the Bible says. You think, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't care whether you believe it or not. It doesn't make any difference whether you believe it Uh so, you know, it's interesting. The Hmong people that live among us since about the 19, late 70s, 80s, hundreds of thousands of Hmong came here. And you think, well, where are they from? Well, history says they're from northern China. You think, well, why why don't they go back to northern China? They're not welcome there. They lost wars and they moved down to southern China. There's millions of them in Yunnan province right above China, right above Vietnam and Laos and Burma or what they call Myanmar now. And there's millions living in Vietnam and uh, in Laos. And if you ask the Hmong, the older Hmong, if you find Hmong with gray hair, ask them where their home country was. And they will say, Laos. What happened? The communists took over and they started, they killed 100,000 of them. Well, how many people of your relatives would be, get murdered by an invading uh, population? Before you left. Look how many people are leaving California. It's not because their, their relatives are murdered. It's because of lots of other issues that are ticking them off. But if enough of your people are murdered, you move. You try to get away and get to safety. So many Hmong fled Vietnam and Laos and they went to Thailand and they lived in refugee camps for many years before the U.S. let them in. So now this, they have adopted... We have received them. We welcomed them as refugees. You know why? Because we lied to them. The Americans went over and recruited them to fight for the Americans against the communists. <clears throat> after the French were defeated, but when American politics turned sour <clears throat> on fighting communism, we left them high and dry. We quit. We, we quit giving them uh, ammunition, weapons. Food, medical supplies, and we we just dropped them like a hot potato. Today, we would say we ghosted them. And so they had no way or resist the communists that were being supplied out of China. And 100,000, you remember how many people were killed in Vietnam? How many men and women from the U.S.? Between fifty and 60,000 that we know of. 100,000 Hmong died. I'm just telling you a lot has happened and a lot continues to happen every single day. People doing awful things to people. So it says, don't buy the Palestinian lies that they are entitled to the land. They are not entitled to the land. The Arabs that are living in Palestine area, the Gaza Strip area, they came from all those countries I described to you two or three times. They came from other countries. There's nothing wrong with that. But then it to claim that's like some if a lot of these people come into this country right now, Chinese are fleeing coming across the border. And then all of a sudden they say, well, this is our our country. We're going to change. We're not going to follow the Constitution. Well, they can say that, but there's they're they're like liable to have a fight on their hands. It simply isn't true. And it's, it's even the, I don't care what the, the, the kids on the college campuses, their minds are full of shit. They're just they're prop they're indoctrinated, they're they're totally worthless. Many of them are going to end up homeless, even with a college degree. So anyway, I just wanted to leave this uh, that with you that that is what's going on in over there, and you need to understand. Am I saying that Israel is always right with everything they do? Never. The, no country is always right. But they do have a right to protect yourself. People sometimes shoot people and they think it's in self-defense and it's not right. Maybe the person's running away from them, they shoot them in the back. There's rules on self-defense. Like in my house, I have a right to defend myself if somebody's breaking in. But I can't just start shooting people up and down the street. There's right ways to do things and wrong ways to do things. And in war, things get messy. But Israel has a right to defend itself, just like the United States has a right to defend itself. And the founding father said, you and I, individual, as a single person and as a family, have a right to defend yourself, not just against a criminal, but against your government. Now, I just listened to a great talk by Chris Ann Hall, and she's, she's a great advocate of, of nonviolent noncompliance. And she points out, let me see if I can find. It. I kept a note somewhere about this. I can't find where I wrote it down. She, she brings up that most people, and including me, because of the way history was taught, you think of the revolution where we fought against England, and then we won, and then all of a sudden we became. The United States of America, it didn't happen that way. The people that came here from Europe lived under the kingdom of basically England for for nearly a hundred years before they they started protesting for over ninety years nonviolently, pretty much, before they went to war, and they went to war reluctantly they took violence you think all the violence oh we highlight all the the wars here the get you know uh the lexington concord all the wars for over 90 years generations passed suffering under abuse even though they they passed you know different legislation here locally and then after you, you know our our concept in history is after 1776 we declared independence and there was a war. Right. Do you remember how many years it was for? We got it settled. According to Chris Ann Hall. It was uh, 45 years, 45 years of war. She you know, Chris Ann makes a good point. She said, tell your kids or if all these people said we're going to throw down our, our founding fathers were already be fighting. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't already be fighting. They waited. Their forefathers. It went from generation to generation to generation <clears throat> before they finally decided uh, that it, they'd reached a tipping point. And so she said, "Now we have a constitution to work with." And those people did not have a constitution in the early days of the colonies. They had a. They were in a kingdom. The king made the decrees, and that's what you did or you didn't do, and got got in deep trouble. So uh, I forget where I wrote down some notes on this. Anyway, I'll leave that there. And uh, maybe I typed it into my my notes down below here somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, this guy, I forget what his name is. He's a country western singer. He says, be a rebel, get married, start a family, love Jesus, teach your kids to think for themselves, buy land turn off the news and refuse to live in fear. That doesn't, that doesn't talk about attacking anybody, overthrowing anything, shooting anybody. He says, be, be a noncompliant, stand up. Is it going to cost you to stand up? Most of you aren't even willing to stand up for what's right. Forget a gun, forget hitting somebody in the face for hit, forget hitting somebody with a two by four <coughs> or, or, or torch in a building most of you aren't even willing to go to a meeting and stand up and speak your piece about how how the country's being run outside of the Constitution. And if you don't do anything, there's chances your neighbor ain't going to do jack anyway. It's interesting. Chris Ant Hall was talking earlier about uh, that Harvard University did a study over nonviolent resistance over the last hundred years, and they said. That it always works if about 3%, if just 3% of the population takes a stand of non-compliance against whatever craziness is going down in the country. And it works. She said, are you willing to try to develop 3% of your community to just say, we're not going to do that? You think if 3% of the people would have said, uh, we're not going to close our businesses? Or we're going to start. We're going to open our schools. We're coming down or we're going to open up those schools or we're not going to wear masks. Or we're not going to stand apart like that and come to your store. It would have made a huge change. But people just are compliant They're, They we've been trained by our government to be compliant and not not even know what we stand for. This one person said this, the politicians say we can't afford a tax cut. The person says, maybe we can't afford the politicians. This is noncompliance. Politicians said, there isn't any way, man, we just got to keep bringing in more money. People say, maybe we need to get rid of you. Maybe we need to get rid of your salaries. There's a great post in the... Uh, Sutter County, say no to new taxes, Facebook page. If you're on Facebook every day, pretty much every single day, there's a post there that are great. And they're giving information that is mind-blowing. So it says, Sutter County, what are we doing? What are we doing? She said, you better sit down and hold on to your chair. She says, when you have the county administrator, Steve Smith, and the assistant administrator, Leanne Link, combined, they make over one half million dollars a year. And some of our firemen out in Sutter County are only making sixteen dollars an hour. Does that make any sense to you people? Can we afford the question is Can we afford to ignore the constant spending, the bloated salaries and the backward priorities any longer? She says, the writer says, we cannot afford our local government. I totally agree. The government is out of control. We can't afford to pay celebrity salaries to these people and pay them for the rest of their lives. I just had lunch with a retired law enforcement official from from our area here. And he says, he's on CalPERS. So I had a lot of questions about CalPERS. He said, Lou, it's crazy. He said, for every every person that's employed in Sutter or Yuba County or Marysville and Yuba city for every person we're paying for, we're paying for five or six other people that are living out the rest of their lives. This has, that's not a retirement system. That's a welfare system. My retirement didn't cost anybody, anything except me. I took part of my salary and put it aside into investments. That's retirement. And then at the end of your work, then you start drawing on what you saved up when your income stops. Let me ask you this. You hire somebody to do a a job for you. Maybe build a house. Let's just say build a house. They build your house. And you pay for them to build your house. And then you part ways, hopefully as friends. But you don't keep paying them. You just pay the amount that they charge you to build the house and you move on. The way our system at CalPERS, our pension system for government employees is we would continue if you would pay that contractor, all his employees for the rest of their lives. You'd pay them a certain amount for the the whole crew for the rest of their lives for coming and working for you for a period of time. That's crazy people nobody can afford that you couldn't afford if everybody you had do services for you you had to continue to pay them even though they're done with the service they're providing we have four and five sheriffs that retired They were no longer they're no longer providing a service to the community thank god for what they did but we should not be paying into the calper system for them we'll be right back we got half a show to do yet hang on
0: So I just found out that California, uh, they fixed it. It's the, all the homeless people. They they found they have homes now, and then all the oranges are better, and they got rid of all the like the tigers and stuff. So if you are from California, and then now you live in my neighborhood, they said that it's you can go back. It's time to go back home now because they fixed it. Senator Hawley.
6: Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Behar. Thank you again for being here. I just wanna first establish a, a fact or two, just to make sure everybody understands. So on October the 5th, 2021, you composed an email, which is now, I think in the record, to Mark Zuckerberg, Sheryl Sandberg, and a group of other executives at Meta. Am I right so far? That's correct. In that memo, you disclosed to them that according to your own research, one in eight children, children now, had experienced unwanted sexual advances within the last seven days. Is that correct?
9: That's correct.
6: And about one in three, I think it was 27%, had experienced unwanted sexual advances outside of the seven-day window. So that is more than, than seven days. Is, is that correct? That is correct. Those numbers are astounding. I just want to let that sink in. One in eight within seven days, a third of children outside of that window. Mark Zuckerberg, did he reply to you?
9: He did not reply.
6: Did he meet with you? He did not meet with me. Sheryl Sandberg, did she meet with you? She did not meet with me. So, in other words, the people who had recruited you to come back to Facebook, Meta, whatever, it's hard to keep up, uh, they ignored your findings. When you presented data to them they didn't want to see, they turned a blind eye. Let me, let me ask you about something else. This is from... The Wall Street Journal's report earlier this year, this is June of this year, they found the following, I'm going to quote, Instagram helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. Pedophiles have long used the internet, but unlike the forums and file transfer services that cater to people who have an interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Instagram's algorithms promote them. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share these interests, the journal and academic researchers found. This is a st- stunning, stunning report, Mr. Behar, that, that more than buttresses bears out what you were telling, trying to tell the executives who ignored you. D- just give us a sense, what, in your own view, why do you think this is happening? Why has Instagram become, in the words of the Wall Street Journal, a vast pedophile network? Why are people like your daughter, every time they get on Instagram, they're being bombarded with unwanted sexual advances,
9: sexual content, why is this happening? My experience of that is that most of the resources, even close to all that they invest in this, go towards this very narrow definition of harm. And so I would encourage anybody here, when you're looking at this issue, if you find an account that seems to be a pedophile account selling things, try and act on it. Try and raise it, see what the company does with that. But see what happens if you like it or follow it, what you start getting recommended. And of all of the things that get surfaced by the systems, how many of them are they acting on? It's a fraction of a percent.
6: One of the things that You said change from the time you left Facebook in 2015, I think it was, and came back in 2019, was that Facebook had shifted to an automated-driven process of uh, safety standards, safety inspection, monitoring for things like this, which they boast about. They say that their AI is great, it's doing great work. That doesn't appear, however, to be the actual fact. It appears that these harms are proliferating. Tell us about the shift towards automated safety monitoring and what that has meant in your experience.
9: I was not there for the shift, but what I can say is that algorithms are as good as their inputs. So if you don't allow a child to be, oh, that is gross, it makes me uncomfortable, right? Which is something that you can do for an ad today. You can can take an ad and say, that is sexually inappropriate. But there's no way for a child to do that when they get a message or other areas. How do these systems, like even have a hope of addressing these issues, how can they, as a company, have a hope of addressing these issues if they're not willing to listen when a teen is trying to tell them that they're experiencing gross content, unwanted sexual advances? I mean, that's how you find predators. That's how you find the bad things. So what,
6: what your research found and what you elevated to leadership was at least in part, that these automated systems were not catching the vast majority of, of this unwanted content out there. I mean, the sexual advances of, of this pedophile material, it, it simply doesn't begin to capture. Yet Facebook didn't shift more resources, didn't change their process. And here's the thing that really gets me, and I'll end with this, Mr. Chairman. I know there's others who want to question. I've been reading over and over and over again this case filed by my home state, Missouri versus Biden landmark First Amendment case in which two federal courts, federal district court and a federal court of appeals, have found that Facebook, among others, actively coordinated with the present administration to censor First Amendment protected speech. Not this garbage that is not protected by anything in our Constitution, but First Amendment protected speech. Here's what gets me. What the courts found, this is in the record, this is factual findings, is that Facebook devoted all kinds of resources and people, actual human people, to doing things like monitoring posts on COVID-19 vaccine efficacy. There's one example of a parent in my home state of Missouri who wanted to post something about a school board meeting. Facebook used human moderators to go and take down that post. That was important. That has to come down. We can't have them posting about school board meetings, for heaven's sake. But the things that your daughter experienced, this This ring of pedophiles rings, plural. That Facebook just can't find the time for. They just don't have the resources for it. That we just have to leave to you know let the market have its effect. Let AI do its job. We just don't have the resources for it. They had plenty of resources to to censor First Amendment speech, no resources to protect our children. Absolutely
1: unconscionable. Oh, Boy, at this
4: time of year, <clears throat> Thanksgiving, you're having family in, you got extra people over, you got big dinners, not just a simple, simple dinner, you got a big, big fancy dinner, complicated dinner, leftovers, people staying over, extra people using all your fa- facilities, and man, when you have a problem with your plumbing or s- hot water heater or something, ugh, it's the wrong time for that to happen, but the, the cool thing is that right during all your celebrating... People like Thrifty Rooter are out there working. They're waking. And they're wanting to help you get back to celebrating with your family. And so they're really easy to get get a hold of. So in this area, and I say this area, I'm talking about Northern California, they're operating out of Butte County, Nevada County, Yuba, Yuba Sutter Counties. They're even over in Calusa County, and they're actually in the city of Lincoln, which is Placer County. And you can reach them a couple easy ways. You know, with with all the technology, they just they just give you options, 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 how to get a hold of them. So, Thrifty Router can be can be got. You want them, you can get them. Dial up five three zero six seven three eight two zero one six seven three eight two zero one, or you can uh, you can reach them on their website. You can just text them right off their website and check off and put in your name and your number and your location, and just say, I need you for these things. Or you can just describe your problem in a little square box. thriftyrooter.net is their website, thriftyrooter.net. Very simple. And you can just shoot that over there, and the same dispatchers that get your phone call would get your text right off their website. They're watching both spots, and they'll come and fix you. Now, the interesting thing about thriftyrooter, because some of us in this area live in the city, but a lot of people live out in the country where we have septic systems different from sewer systems. And we have wells different from the the water districts, right? So we have more things that can can, can go wrong. So if, if your septic system fills or backs up or the pump goes goofy, depending on the system, these guys know how to help you in those situations. Lots of plumbers say, oh, I can't. I, I don't have a pump truck. I can do this. I can do that. But I can't do that. But Thrifty Rooter does all those things. They they can do rural and they can do urban. Okay. So also want to mention uh, my friends at Elite Universal Security. Downtown Marysville is I call zombieville. It's for a reason. People have lost their minds. Were they always that way? No. If you allow people to use drugs, eventually... You know, and if you met them when they were sober, I meet a lot of them when they're sober at the Yuba County Jail, and they're just fine. They're very peaceful. They're, they're courteous. They're easy to work with. And uh, we have a drug rehab we work with, and when people are sober, they're really talented and wonderful people. But when people are out of their minds, they can do things, criminal activity, that uh, will shock you. In fact, if you talk to the sheriff, talk, if you know the sheriff or the sheriff's and you ask them, how many people in the jail are there for a crime that probably drugs or alcohol led to the crime? They'll say it's in an, over the 90 percentile. In other words, if they weren't using substances, whether they're legal or illegal, they wouldn't have gotten here. That contributed to the problem, whether they socked their spouse, beat up their kid, stabbed some neighbor ran over somebody out under the influence. It just, you know, it's all connected. So now we have people on on the streets that aren't just on the streets. They're not in their right minds. That's, that's a bad deal. And, and the, the government now has chosen to let them be in, in their uh, altered state. And uh, they think if they put them in a room, like an apartment for free, they'll all of a sudden change. That's totally crazy thinking. But we're we're being run by a lot of imbeciles are running this country and the the local area as well. They're idiots. They may know how to run their business, their insurance business, their farm, raise walnuts, but they don't know jack diddly about people. And so elite universal security is helping fill the gap where law enforcement has just passed. In fact, the law enforcement guy I was meeting with yesterday, we were... Reminiscing about the days we were riding together when no one was allowed to urinate or defecate in the street, be drunk down at Ellis Lake, sleep anywhere, no one was it There was none of that it was zero. Why? because it was just the leadership just wouldn't allow it and if you stop to think about it because a one person came to town in San Francisco. What they said was impossible. They did overnight. They cleaned up the streets. They moved the homeless. They just told them to get their butts up and move. And they moved them elsewhere. We're in control, folks. If you, if, if you got any qualms about if you're an adult, this is your chance to be in control. And, and the type of society we have is directly related to you. It's the same thing when they said when Clinton got reelected and people were shocked and some person said something I thought was pretty brilliant. They said, we get the elected representatives we kind of deserve. If we're going to vote for stupid people and vote for our selfish interests, like money, like a lot of the people in Yuba County are doing, trying to throw Seth Fuhrer out and put in uh, John Flo, for goodness sakes. He may be an R, a, a Republican, but he he does not vote R. He's big government and he's a yes man. That's the last guy we would need. What we need is somebody like Seth Fewr and we need Charlie Matthews on the uh water board, but we have people that vote their selfish interests. And then we get ourselves in predicament and then we wonder how th- how come things got so screwed up. Well, here we are and so now we as a sc- stopgap we hire these security agencies and in town here we have Elite Universal Security. And they started here in Yuba County, but now they've expanded over the decades all over Northern California. So if you need some help, and I'm telling you, I everything I'm involved in is getting ripped off and broken into. It's constant. I, I can film them. I have them on film. They look like going to the movies. The film is so good. It's not like you see these films and you can't identify the person. This film is great. Their, their mama would love it if they saw it. Breaking stuff, stealing stuff, properties that I'm involved with. It's unbelievable. It's lawless. It's called lawlessness. And that's the beginning of the of the degrading and the collapse of a society. Some of you people live on the boondocks. You think, oh yeah, well it's just peaceful out there. It's coming your way. You think you're gonna oh we don't we're not gonna get involved because we don't live down there. Oh yeah, it's coming your way. If you don't deal with this, it's coming your way. Elite Universal Security can help you if you're a business, as a resident, as a farmer, as a as a rancher, as an industrialist, they can help you. So give them a call and uh they they will get right on it. They have dispatchers that are around the clock. 530 749 0280. 749 0280. They do all kinds of uh, security work, and they have guys that have no technology and all the the, the bells and whistles that can actually help you. It's like the the uh, camera system we put in a sevenplex. I'm telling you, when anybody walks over there, we know exactly who's on that property. It's amazing the technology today. But if you you know, I turn the films into the police department, I don't even get any feedback. Oh, we got him. Oh, we didn't. Oh, this happened. Oh, that happened. It's just it, it's a black hole, dude. It's a black hole. It's a different world Four five three zero seven four nine zero two eight zero. If you want a job, if you're thinking, man, I retired and I thought I could live on what I set aside, but, uh, I can't, if you want a job, they'll hire you. They'll train you to be a guard. They need more guards up and down California. You may be listening to the show today and you may live up in the boondocks up in one of these other counties that just have sparse population, and people steal people blind up there. They steal animals, <laughs> they they kill animals and steal cattle. They it's it's gnarly, cut fences, uh, steal equipment, steal fuel. It's they steal uh, they take apart the pumps and take the copper off. Get a hold of Elite Universal Security. They'll they'll make a guard out of you. And help you pay some of your bills. Okay. I'm going to go back down here and uh, talk to you about Sutter County. Listen, people, unless you're going to speak up, you're going to get mowed over. Now, this is, you can look up at transparentcalifornia.com as a website. You just go to Sutter, put in Sutter County, and it'll show you the incomes and the pensions of all these people. Now, the California, this post is not entirely accurate. It says, According to California census, the median income in Sutter County is 64,251. What they meant to say was the median household income, median income sounds like individuals. No, 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 no. The California census says the median household income. That's if you have two people earning three people earning, this is the average or the median is in the middle, not average. So, it's interesting in two thousand twenty one it was sixty fourth I'm just going to give you the big numbers it was sixty four thousand in two thousand twenty one median income that's all the income in the house added together last year or the year before in two thousand twenty it was sixty six thousand in two thousand nineteen it was sixty six and and it was another extra hundred or two hundred dollars more than in other words. The median income in Sutter County is going backwards, is going down each year from 2019, 2020, 2021. Here's what this doesn't state. If you look up at the per capita income, how what's the average per capita income in Sutter County? It's in the 30,000s. Think about it. Do you think you can live on 30,000? I don't, know how, I don't know how people are doing that. But that's what people are earning. But the people that work for the government, Steve Smith is making 11 times more than the per capita income. He's making $330,000. Almost 338000 Here's the shocking thing. That's in 2021. Do you know how much he made in 2020? 280000 He got a 60... Have you ever... He got a bigger increase in one year than I've ever earned in my whole life. In, my, in, a, in a year of my whole life. I've never earned $66,000. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's a lot of money. Don't you think it's a lot of money? He's getting a $66,000 increase spread over a three-year period. People are making 30000 Why are we hiring people? Think, oh, well, Lou, or everybody, all these guys in that spot earning that. I don't care whether they are. My mother used to say to me, well, if Johnny is going to run over a cliff, I'd say, well, Johnny's doing it. How come I can't go? John and Jose's are going. How come I can't go with the guys? I don't care whether they're going. You're not going. If they go over a cliff, just because they're going someplace doesn't mean jack to me. That's what my mother used to say. So why are we paying these guys this kind of money? They're not worth it. They're not curing cancer. They're not not making money for Sutter County. They're just collecting money and spending it. They're not selling anything. They're not developing anything. They're not. The outcomes are sad. They've screwed up the county. So if you look at Butte County. So. So. Sutter County, he's getting 337,000 in 2021 to take care of, to manage about 1,100 employees. Okay. Hold that 337 and 1,100 employees. If you look up at Butte County, their CAO, same position. He gets 324,000. He or she, but he's overseeing 2,616 County employees. That's more than twice, and he's getting less money. Yolo County in 2000, they, they have 2,024 employees, and their CAO gets $217,000, not 337 So these guys are always saying, when you ever bring up uh, site statistics like this, oh, well, this county gets this much. Oh, well, this guy, and the, the suggestion is just because they get way more. We deserve way more. You think that the welfare people are the only ones talking entitlement and have an entitlement mentality? Our government employees are just terrible about that. And they're not hard workers. Oh, Lou, well, I know this guy. Fine. Yeah, there's exceptions around. But for every, every hot, ripper, amazing worker, I'll show you 10 that aren't. There are gold bricks. How about Leanne link she's the the boss over at Sutter County Steve Smith. He can't do do all this work. He's got so much work. he's getting paid way more than these other counties and only taking care of less than half of the people employees you know what I'm saying. If you want to measure like what's the workload? Yeah, I know that's not the only workload, but we could do other site, we could do other measurements as well. Just as one, one thumbnail measurement. So we have Leanne Link. She's the assistant CAO, county administrator. She, in 2020, she got 195,000 plus. 2021, she went up to 252,000 plus. That's some pretty big, you ever, I had a gal the other day said, Lou, how can I get a raise? (laughs) These people, this isn't raises. This is like robbing the bank, baby. Go from 195 to 252, right in the middle of COVID. Do you think she was in the office during COVID? Hell no. They were coasting. They were in their lazy boys at home. Zooming. Zoomy doomy. 2022, she got another $5,000 raise to 257000 She got, in other words, $60,000 over a three-year period. Leanne link, but the Sutter County administration is so stretched. They can't afford to provide basic services to the residents of Sutter County, meaning the fire department. And let me tell you something. If they go to a volunteer fire department, I'm not against volunteerism. Why doesn't, why don't we go to all volunteerism? Why don't we just supervisors get rid of their salaries? Go to all volunteer department. It, it's it's. Uh, I applaud every on call firefighter that gets paid a chicken feed to to roll out on a fire or a nasty accident. I had great admiration for them. I'm not cheap shotting them at all. I'm saying if you go to an all fire all volunteer fire department, your insurance rates for many of you in Sutter County will be unaffordable. You will not be able to keep your property. That's already happening in other counties. I am not guessing at this. I didn't read it in a magazine. I'm talking to people that are losing their houses, folks. Wake up. Your supervisors are selling you a bill of goods. Do you think, uh, let, let me just say this. You know, both Leanne Link and Steve Smith do not live in Sutter County, in the rural area of Sutter County. This change is not going to affect them. They live in Plumas Lake, which has got a high quality of fire department. They probably got a great rate with the ISO people, the rating system, because they got brand new fire departments down there. But they say we can't afford. They keep giving each other raises. It's ridiculous, people. They do not they do not earn that money. I could give you hundreds, there's hundreds of people working for Sutter County making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, but but the best they can do for these on-call firefighters is sixteen dollars an hour. That's ridiculous, people. You know, it's one thing uh to I, I'm not gonna even throw out different types of jobs, but I've worked enough with firefighters and cops for years. Uh, there's some danger involved in this. I've, I've seen it. When, when a guy takes down a cop and resists and fights him, uh, a lot of my friends broken hands, broken arms, broken ankles, uh, head trauma, gunshot wounds. I'm not exaggerating. Every one of these things I could describe a whole scene to you. Exchanging gunfire, uh, it's crazy. Firefighters the same. Falling through the roof, blowing their knee out, inhaling all kinds of crap that's gonna cause them cancer. And you're wanting to do sixteen dollars an hour or just say why you know these guys these guys have no shame. That's Steve Smith, Leanne Lincoln, a bunch of them, all these people earning we got we got the ag commissioner who doesn't even raise a carrot or a goat. It's not pro- not producing anything for our society. It's just a bureaucrat making $250,000. It's just not right, people. It's, it's unjust. It's evil. It's inequitable. It's wrong. Be right back.
3: It was 2020 and the virus had shut down the country, but it wasn't politicians who opened it back up, George Floyd did. His death on May 25th, 2020, unofficially ended the lockdowns, bringing millions of protesters out of quarantine and onto the streets. But the George Floyd story is very different depending on who you talk to. He was arrested by Minneapolis police after a convenience store said he used counterfeit money. 15 minutes later, he was on the ground screaming he couldn't breathe, and then he was unconscious. America was consumed with anger and violence. Over two dozen people died. Fires were set. Squad cars destroyed. Businesses looted. Rioters caused nearly $2 billion in damage. Police departments across the country were defunded. The police, the people, demoralized. This triggered a national crime wave, a pressure campaign to force critical race theory into schools, and a corporate shakedown that resulted in a massive transfer of wealth. So a highly respected an award-winning journalist from Minneapolis named Liz Collin decided to investigate because any initial investigation into George Floyd was deemed racist and radioactive. Her documentary, out today, called The Fall of Minneapolis, tells you things you haven't heard before. Remember, this was the narrative.
1: George Floyd
3: was a healthy young man. But the medical examiner, Dr. Andrew Baker, found that he had two separate and very serious heart conditions. One artery was almost completely blocked. And Floyd had lethal traces of fentanyl in his system on top of COVID-19. The medical examiner continued, quote, if he were found dead at home alone and no other apparent causes, this could be acceptable to call an OD.
0: You want something right now? Not, no, nothing. Yeah.
3: You If George Floyd would have told the truth about fentanyl and methamphetamine, could that have helped to save his life?
4: Yes. Yes, it could have. Um, that's proven by what happened the year before when he was arrested by Minneapolis police and he was putting tablets in his mouth.
3: So wait a second. Did you know that George Floyd had a similar interaction with police just a year before his death? How was George Floyd acting during that arrest in, in 2019?
0: Everything was almost identical. I mean, the initial stop, uh, when I first started to approach him, you know, he was uncooperative. He wasn't listening to my commands. Uh, he was very agitated. Just keep your hands up where I can see him. <laughs> hey! I'm <laughs> Let me, I'm <laughs> Just, just keep your hands where I can, can see them. Let see your hands. Stay in the car. Let me see your other you. hands. During the time, I, he was, I couldn't see his hands. I, he was moving them We found out later he's probably eating dope.
3: So this is a very important piece of material that the country was denied access to while Black Lives Matter wrecked our country. And what were police doing when they were wrecking the country? We were ordered not to do anything, waiting to be told what not to do next. Did you ever feel like there was a plan? I am reaching to the command post over and over again about what's our plan, what's our plan, what's our plan, um, without any response whatsoever. Okay. They're not saying anything at all? No. Nothing.
4: Can all command, any advice
8: The elections were coming up, everything's politically driven. They were going to use this incident for a political narrative, and they did.
3: Remember this was an election year and the media couldn't critique young voters. They needed them fully engaged in a righteous cause. It has been entirely peaceful,
5: sometimes angry, but entirely peaceful.
6: So there was some of that, but for the most part, they have been very, very peaceful.
4: Protest is a critical part of democracy. We cannot let protesters be
3: likened to criminals. But most damning are Collins' interviews with police officers who claim that the knee to the neck tactic, they call it maximum restraint technique, MRT, was something they were trained to do. Were you trained in MRT, the maximal restraint technique? Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, I was. Yes, we all were. Yes, all the police officers were trained in the MRT.
3: Your police chief said on the stand that he didn't recognize that technique. Mm-hmm. I, I heard him say that it's
7: tough to hear people lie, just straight lie.
3: So these officers are accusing the Minneapolis police chief of committing perjury during the George Floyd trial. The officers feel they were sacrificed for politics.
7: Everything changed. And it didn't have to, had we had strong leadership, right from from the very top. The governor, the mayor, our chief of police, city council of Minneapolis, the assistant chief, and the deputy chiefs. This is how you treat your people. You just turn your back on us.
8: Last Thanksgiving, my cousin Jonah came over and he told my family the truth about Thanksgiving, that it wasn't this friendly meal between pilgrims and Indians. Jonah said that what actually happened, the truth is that it was a massacre where English colonists murdered millions of innocent Native Americans. And by celebrating the holiday, we're complicit in those murders. So this year for Thanksgiving, my family decided not to invite Jonah. (laughs) guys a buzzkill
2: <laughs> I went down to the river and I took a look around there were homen's shoes there were
4: Secrets, no more. All right, this is our uh, fifth segment, and uh, I know with this podcast, a lot of you aren't in California, but uh, you're fighting some of the same challenges that, that that we are. That's why I bring up this fight with the—we're uh, fighting with this county, and we're actually having fight, fights with both counties that a lot of us live in here. We're either in Yuba and Sutter, separated by a river. And they're constantly wanting to add 1% sales tax. They're constantly wanting to add fees, new things. They want more and more money here in California. I'm not sure how it's working over with you guys, but the concern I have is what starts here goes your way. And I think you need to be vigilant. As the, as what's killing us here, and they will not talk about it in our government, is the the criminal it's a theft. It's a scam theft. It's more properly called a Ponzi scheme, P-O-N-Z-I. You can look that up. Uh, do a search on Charles Ponzi, and you can you can look at his scheme on how he ripped off people and his promises, and that's exactly the same scheme that the government has, but they don't get arrested for it because they're in charge. These people are what we'd call aristocrats. They're the elite. This is no longer a republic. They have taken control, and basically, the unions pay off the politicians to do what they want. And these, fan, in fact, I just saw where the CHP got something like a 7.5% raise. It just—it's unsustainable. Do I not like law enforcement? Yeah, I do. Do I not think they do a great job? I—I—I I, I think they do overall. I think they do, and I appreciate them. But I, I don't think they, they deserve to earn 90% of their highest paid year for the rest of their life and be paid. It's interesting. You know something? I told you about if you paid off your contractor for building your house and you don't owe him anything more. If you paid the bill, you that's it. You got your house. He got his money. And it's over. Your relationship is over. The scam is that the insurance, the unions have scammed this with the politicians. Like right now I have children, grown children, and and they have children, so I have grandchildren. Why should our grandchildren be paying for people that served in the government and served me? Why shouldn't their pay be over when they're over? if they had a 401k or another retirement system where they just put it in there and, and whatever they put in plus interest, they chose their own investors. You know, if, if, if you offered everybody in the United States to give their money to the government, to invest for them, you think they would only crazy people would. There isn't any agency in government that is stellar. That's operating Well, the EDD just blew out so many billions of dollars. We'll never get out from under it. They gave away to, to scam artists during COVID. Unemployment dollars, thirty billion, forty billion, hundred billion. They can't even keep track of it. They can't even figure out what happened. There's not any agency that's operating well in government. Why would you let the government invest your money for you, unless you're planning on the the the, the populations coming behind us? to bail everybody out for mismanagement. CalPERS is the icon of mismanagement. Why should I be paying for for sheriffs that served years ago? Still, my taxes, the general fund of Yuba County, where I live, is going to pay for the pensions of people that are 70 years old. Still, we're still paying on it. In other words, they didn't set enough money aside or earn enough money. They call it an unfunded liability. Our future generations are paying for it's like if you die instead of leaving some some benefits and assets for your kids, you leave them bills. That's exactly what the entire government is doing. Leaving them bills. It's criminal, people. It's not just bad bad, it's a scam. It's a Ponzi scheme, and then they turn around and say, "Well, we 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 just can't provide police and fire." Yes, you can. You just need to stop providing all the other stuff. I don't want an ag commissioner getting a quarter of a million dollars. She may be a wonderful lady. You know this all. They always want to turn it into personalities. And oh well, you don't care about this. And li- listen, nobody in private business deals at these levels in, in these. Twisted logic. We do not need all these employees. We do not need 1,100. They say, oh, I can just hear them say, oh, well, you just said Butte County and Yolo County has another 1,000 employees. Well, maybe they do. Maybe they, I don't know. Did Have you checked their population? Maybe they got three or four times the population we have. I don't know. I'm not saying they have the right amount of employees. I'm just comparing some statistics for you to give you some bearings. We need to get rid of some employees and, and knock this thing down and we need to get out of the CalPERS system. Oh, well, that's impossible. If it's impossible for you, we need to get new supervisors. If we don't have, we vote in the same, we just vote in another set of supervisors and they say, Oh, we're going to deal with this. No, they don't deal with it because they're not willing to deal with it because they're not man enough or woman enough to deal with it. Steve Steve Smith is getting $66,000 raise over three years and Leanne Link, 60,000 or something like that. That's absurd people. That is, Oh, well, we're just keeping, we're just, we're, we're, we're trying to be equitable with what, what the common, what their common uh, take is. Forget that. We can, what we ought to do is just say, we're letting you go. Steve. And the next person we bring in is getting half what he's getting. And if we don't get anybody, then we just subcontract that out. Do you know that there's counties, jurisdictions that have a handful? I'm talking about a handful of employees. And the rest of it, they sub everything out. And they come out a lot better. Oh, well, how do you know it's not going to be more? Listen, don't be stupid. You sort everything out one by one. There was a mayor that took over back in the 90s. I think his name was Steve Goldsmith or Gold something. He was, I think his past was that he was an attorney or something, ran for office, mayor of Indianapolis. It was totally going broke, just like this. And one of the things he did that was unique, nobody was doing it at the time. He just said, we're going to look at everything we're doing as government. And if it's listed in the phone book, which back then we had phone books, If it's listed in the yellow pages, we're going to put it out for bid and we're going to see what others would do this same work for. And if they can do it for for us a lot cheaper, we're going to let them do it. We're going to bid it out. And if it works out good, fine. If it doesn't, we can always go back or we can put it out to somebody else. You know, it's interesting in the private sector. You know, it's, it's it's amazing to me. We complain about government. Oh, you guys always complain. I'm telling you, everyone in government, if I caught them at a restaurant and their meal wasn't any good, they would complain, either not pay or not go back. They don't have any problem with having a different standard of quality when it's their money being spent. Oh, I don't like to, you know, the color you painted my room isn't quite the color I chose on that color swatch. Oh, the car's not running well. I'm bringing it back. Really? The car's not running well. Oh, well, you know, I ordered this couch reupholstered and, you know, this seam isn't quite right. We can't do that with government. It's interesting. My friends, kids moved to Texas. With PG&E, we're just getting screwed left and right, right? And so what's up with that? You know why they can do that? Because they have a complete monopoly on Northern California. Do you know in Texas, people have an option of which power company to sign up with. It's kind of like which television service or, or internet service you want to sign up with. You get a big options, right? And they co- what happens? They compete. Or different phone options. But in California, we have Pacific Gas and Electric, which it, it's the same way with Cal Water here in Marysville. They just totally screw people. It's damaging the entire city. It's damn. It's ruined the entire city. The water. The water rates are. In in uh, Texas, uh, my friends. Uh, in fact, I'm going to talk about him in a minute. Ted Holmes of Ted Holmes Construction and and uh, Plumbing Doctor. And his son's down there, and he just said, "What incredible, less expensive and." more prompt service that the power companies because they're in competition and you can call different power companies and get a quote, just like you can call and get a quote. Like I'm talking about the plum, the, uh, the plumbers here. I got a couple of plumbers that I promote every week. You can call and get a quote from each of them and decide which one you want to go with. You can't on PG&E, you can't on the government. They just, they have a huge, amazing, arrogant attitude. They screw you over, they ignore the law, they violate the ethics. If you want to come and speak on a hot matter, they'll put it at the end of the agenda, make you sit for two or three or four hours. They know they know you can't do that. They know you gotta they have your their meetings at dinner time or, or the time you gotta pick up your kids from school or fix dinner or or, or 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 in the morning when you're trying to get everybody off to work. They have it at the worst time of day. Why do they do that? Two things. One, they don't want you there. Number two, uh, they cater. The government caters to the employees of the government. They don't cater the constituents. It isn't a government of the people, by the people, for the people. It isn't a government where they're serving you. You know, when I ran businesses, and still I'm kind of still involved in some business stuff. We catered to the customers. We catered the hours. I have a friend that has a business and, and she's missing uh, a meeting that I, I'd like her to be at because she's trying to develop a business and she stays open late. What do I mean by open late? You know, two 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 and a half hours past when government leaves, she's still she's catering to her customers because she wants them to do business with her and they're getting off work so she stays open till 6.30 at night. She's catering to her customers. The government doesn't cater to the customers. They never do. It's always like, oh, come back tomorrow. Come back next week. Oh, it's going to take us six months to get a permit. Oh, it's going to do this. Oh, you have to pay your fees first. Oh, well, you have to do this. Oh, well, no, we don't have time to do that today. Oh, they're off on vacation. It's not. There's no customer service with government. It's employees first. So they have their meetings when employees can sit in on them instead of telling the employees, if you want to work as a department head, you have to attend the meetings. The supervisor meeting or city council meetings at six o'clock at night, for instance. Because we want to make it easy for interaction with our constituents who are supposed to be running this government, not us. We're supposed to be employed by them. They are the bosses. But they act like they're running. Like we had a gal at Feather River Air Quality threatened one of our employees the other day at Glad Tidings. I say our because I go to that church. I don't. I'm not employed there. She threatened them. We're watching you. I said, really? I, when a guy told me, I said, which, which? Tell me that. Who said that? She threatened you. You know we had we had Sutter County deputies come out threaten us and drop the f bomb on us because the supervisors had a liar attorney that Steve Gimblin come in and said we had pedophiles living out at the church trying to help people and and it was a lie Gimblin was lying, and we had some detectives come out and and try to shake down one of our uh, one of our guys. Guy's a pretty sharp guy. He used to run a Christian school in Portland, had his own contracting business. He wasn't just some like pissy little pastor. And they wanted to like shake him down. Really? Bring it. Hey, Sutter County Sheriff, bring it on out. Why don't you guys bring it out? Let's talk about it. Why don't you tell us the names of those guys so we can like file a complaint against those people? They, they people don't government employees don't have a right to come down and shake time. I got a no press sign in my front window. That's got all the codes on it. Telling the government, you better have a warrant. If you're going to come on my property. Now I used to be all friendly and everything like, Hey, what's shaking? How's it going? That Hey, screw that. They're telling me I got to stay in my house. Tell me I got to wear a mask. Tell me I got to stand six feet apart. I can't go to church. Can't do this. Hey, go to hell. How about that? Go to hell, why don't you? Shove your government job up your ass. How about that? You guys got, you, you got your head way up in the clouds, baby. Way up there. I, I'm not inciting violence. You, I know you guys brought me to court one time. Oh, I'm threatening all kinds of people. I didn't turn to anybody. I'm just saying, you, you, you know, when things melt down, we're we're coming to a meltdown in California. Some of you government people are going to lose your jobs. And you're going to be whining, "Oh, oh, oh I can't find a job. I'm going to be homeless." Hey. Okay. Now you know what it's like. Grow up. Get a clue. You're on easy street over there, the Latteville. You guys don't have a clue. Now not one supervisor has come in from either county To help my friend at Uppercuts, he's got a $130,000 case. Gavin Newsom says, you know what Gavin Newsom says, supervisors and city council? He's now throwing you under the bus, just like you're pointing to him. Hey, it's all his fault, COVID. All the COVID mandates. That was the law. It wasn't the law. None of that was the law. The violating violation of our constitutional rights. Now, you know what Gavin said the other day? He's running for supervisor. You guys ever watch the news, the real news? He said it was all local control, local control. So supervisors, how are you going to, you know, and then Gavin turns around and sues Randy Mitchell for cutting hair, his cosmetologists, his barbers for doing hair during COVID. And now they're saying, oh, they made a big mistake on COVID in California. Big boo-boo shouldn't shut the schools down. Shouldn't shut the businesses down. Shouldn't have masked up kids. They're admitting that, but they're they're still suing Randy Mitchell for 130,000. Why doesn't the County help defend Randy Mitchell? Put up some money. Some of that COVID cares money. Empty your pockets. Supervisors. You screwed them over. We're not talking about one guy. I don't care whether you like Randy or not. They got 40 people. Forty, forty employees and kids and and spouses attached to those people. I thought you cared about your constituents. You know what you care about? How much water money you're going to get out of Yuba Water and putting and putting somebody else in Fletcher back in there and kicking Charlie Matthews out. You know why? Because Charlie, uh, he calls people on funky stuff. Fletcher's a a do jeez. He's Fletcher and Flo. They're the they're the yes men. Kiss-ass boys. That's what they are. That's what this is all about. It's all about getting as much money out. It's a sinking ship, folks. You hear me? It's a sink. This government is a sinking ship, and the people that are in on it and close to it are getting as much money out of it as they can. They're like sucking. They're on that tit, man. They're on that tit, big time, sucking, sucking, sucking. It's disgusting. It's totally disgusting. There are no patriots here. Oh, yeah, they, they wear their American flag shirt. Oh, come on, people. Well, let me give you a shout-out to Plumbing Doctor. That's Ted Holmes. They serve Yuba-Sutter counties. You can reach them at 530-671-9111. Ted is the type of guy, if it's not a simple plumbing fix... And you got to do a major tear out in your house, tear up the floor, tear up out a wall. Ted's got the expertise to fix that thing. I've seen him fix. He fixed my house. He torn out a wall before, patched it back, and didn't even know he was in there. But he can do the remodel if you need it. But plumbing doctor is there for you 24 hours a day. every Every day of the week Get you out of a jam, 530 And his buddy, uh, we're all friends, Dave Greenitz, Greenitz Construction. We've all been, they're younger than I am, but we've all kind of worked together for 40 years on different projects around the world. And Dave has a construction firm, just like Ted does, but Dave has ended up specializing in remodels and kitchens and baths. The nice thing is he's got multiple crews and you can get him by going to Greenitz Construction, green with ETZ on the end construction.com, dot Construction.com or Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. And you can uh just message him right off there and see photos of the before and after of his work. And uh I think it's important to see whether, hey, you want that quality or not. Then you can find out what where to from here. You can also text or call him at 530-682-9602. 682 9602. We're going to take a break. And then we got one more segment, we're and uh, we're going to call it, it a
2: night. It. All right. See right you right back.
0: catching a little bit of flack for rather quickly and easily cleaning up the streets of Gotham City, located in San Francisco, in order to impress communist leader Xi Jinping with his California communism. Newsom's move of cleaning up the embarrassingly messy house before dictator daddy comes over has some people asking, why hasn't he bothered cleaning up the streets of his degenerate state before? The answer is because he wants to impress communist leaders and keeping his state a disaster helps impress communism upon its citizens. While Xi Jinping was in the US pretending he's not a brutal communist dictator that currently has over a million Uyghurs locked up in a concentration camp, DC Drano points out that Xi was spotted out walking his dog. Climate
10: change is here now. Floods, droughts, once in a century storms. And the frustrating part for me as a climatologist is that this could all have been avoided. Scientific consensus is clear. There is a way to reverse course. And that is for Swedish climate activist Greta Thunberg to try a little harder. People get caught up in altering their personal habits by driving less or eating less meat. But the reality is this is all in Greta's hands. She could give our children an inhabitable earth instead of a scorched hellscape if she just cared 30 to 40% more about the fate of our planet. But she doesn't, I guess because she's lazy. Sure, she rode that yacht across the Atlantic to raise awareness about the environment, but that only took like two weeks. I mean, come on, Greta. Our research shows you could be sailing that yacht 24/7, 365 days a year. You hate the Earth. Indeed, if you look at a chart of CO2 emissions in the years since Greta's birth in 2003, the problem of fossil fuels has only risen. Frankly, it's possible she wants us all to die. Still, we should all hope that one day Greta starts actually making an effort, like a real effort, not whatever the hell she's doing now, or else the blood of millions lost to a climate apocalypse could be entirely on her hands.
3: FOX NEWS ALERT PRIMETIME FOIA'ED THE SECRET SERVICE OVER THE COCAINE INVESTIGATION, AND WE JUST GOT BACK OVER 100 PAGES OF DOCUMENTS. AND THE SECRET SERVICE HAS BEEN LYING TO YOU ABOUT EVERYTHING. HERE'S WHY. WHEN THE COCAINE WAS FIRST FOUND, THEY SAID IT WAS IN THE LIBRARY WHERE THE FIRST FAMILY LIVES. WE HAVE A YELLOW BAR, STATING COCAINE, hydrochloride. AND in the LIBRARY. THEN THERE WERE REPORTS THAT THE COCAINE WAS ACTUALLY FOUND OUTSIDE THE SITUATION ROOM.
0: NOW THE INVESTIGATION HAS PROGRESSED AND SO THEY'RE SAYING THE WEST EXECUTIVE ENTRANCE, WHICH
3: AS YOU NOTED, IS CLOSER TO THE SITUATION ROOM. THE SECRET SERVICE THEN SAID NO, IT WAS IN A CUBBY WITH A LOT OF FOOT TRAFFIC AROUND IT. AND YES, THERE ARE CAMERAS, BUT THAT PARTICULAR CUBBY WAS IN A BLIND SPOT. HOW DO YOU MISTAKE THE LIBRARY FOR THE SITUATION ROOM AND THE SITUATION ROOM FOR THE cubbies?" Because when I'm in a library, I know I'm in a library because there's books everywhere. Does it look like there's books everywhere? That's a wall of cubbies. They say the Coke was found in locker number 50, right there in the middle. And there's a key missing. And what do you think the chances are that the Secret Service has the key? Because Primetime thinks the Coke may have been planted in the cubby after it was found in the library. Good thing we have the documents from the Secret Service right here. But here's the thing. The Secret Service redacted where the cocaine was first found. Now, if the cocaine was actually first found in the cubby and they photographed it in the cubby, why would they redact that? And then at one point, the Secret Service says this suspicious substance is a white powder in a small Ziploc bag on the redacted lobby floor. What lobby floor? The lobby into what room? The library? And I thought they found the cocaine in the cubby. Well, the cubby's not on the floor. The cubby's on the wall. Later on in the night, they said it was in the cubby and they didn't redact that. They want us to think it was found in that little locker. And initially, after the hazmat team tested it, the white powder came back positive for opioids and amphetamines. It was only after additional tests that they determined it to be cocaine. And that's confusing because on the audio you heard from Hazmat, it was cocaine. A white powdery opioid? That's fentanyl. Maybe. I thought these tests were supposed to be accurate. So far, this bag has tested positive for opioids, amphetamines, cocaine, caffeine, and baking soda. BUT HERE'S WHERE IT GETS EVEN MORE SUSPICIOUS. THEY TOLD US THEY DIDN'T FIND ANY DNA. BUT THE DOCUMENTS SAY THEY DID. REMEMBER, THE COKE BAGGIE'S BEEN BLOWN UP. THE SECRET SERVICE TOOK THE EVIDENCE FROM QUANTICO AND THEY DESTROYED IT. THEY DIDN'T WANT THE FBI TO HAVE IT. BUT THERE'S MORE EVIDENCE THAT THEY DIDN'T DESTROY. AN ENVELOPE WITH THREE TUBES OF DNA. Where'd they get the DNA from? They got the DNA off the baggie. So the Secret Service lied, and so did the White House. They did find DNA on the baggie, and the DNA was processed and has been moved to an evidence vault for preservation. So the Secret Service has an insurance policy. We asked the Secret Service for an explanation, and they said, oh, it's secondary DNA. But the initial Secret Service report clearly said there was no DNA found and there is no physical evidence. But the documents show they're keeping a DNA sample in an evidence locker. Is this so Biden's dog bites another agent, they have something? We don't know. And the Secret Service told Primetime they may end up destroying the DNA evidence at some point down the road, you know, protocol. Primetime asked the Secret Service, why didn't you take DNA samples from your suspect list? They said they would have needed a court order. This tells me two things. The Secret Service didn't want to crack the case, or the Secret Service knew the Coke was found in the library and put it in a cubby and closed the case.
4: welcome back Lou Benninger this is our final segment of the night and uh, I was just talking about Greenett's construction his wife Dave Greenett's wife Leslie is a uh, is multi-talented artist painter writer she comes from an artsy family dad was a professional musician mom was a sculptress Or is a sculptress. Dad's past. But Leslie for decades has been producing. Most of the plays are originals. Original written. Original music. And uh, her tradition is to do one in the winter. And one in the spring usually. Sometimes they do dinner theaters. This is just a straight theater. But I wanted to give you a shout out. Because so many things are expensive nowadays. And this is free and uh it's always been free. Uh we've tried different things over the year at Glad Tidings but it's uh we've kind of settled in on just just all y'all come and we don't do tickets or anything just walk in and enjoy. There is usually a uh some refreshments at uh intermission where you can purchase them. They're inexpensive but it's usually a fundraiser either for a drug rehab or some project going on around there. So this play is uh starts on December 1. And ends December 5, 1 through 5, inclusive, at night, 7 o'clock start. It lasts about two hours. It's kid-friendly. This year's title is How to Survive a Bleak, Lousy, Completely Deplorable Christmas. Sounds a little fun, doesn't it? Humorous. So uh if you want to come out and just include that as part of your Christmas memories, I always try to catch them. I like I like live productions. I like movies too, but films, but I like uh, live. And uh a lot of the guys that we build our the sets are all built, they everything's hand done by people here and not everybody from the same church there. They we built that uh, building 100 to be a theater if we wanted it to be, or a dinner place if we wanted it to be, or whatever. Multi-use, so we could use it every day. So it's a theater, and so we have sets that, that are built, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't want to spend a lot more time. I just want to give you either you're going to probably go or you're not. So December 1 through 5, 7 to 9. I always encourage people, usually the doors open at 6.30, I always like to sit up front, so I'd move to the front. Don't sit in the back. Get as close as you can, uh, so you can hear good. At the, you know the and see good. I like to see and be close. So uh, come out if you can. How to survive a bleak, lousy, completely deplorable Christmas. The other thing that's going on that's kind of cool. <laughs> if you know, have you ever heard of Dr. David Martin? Many of you haven't, and I hadn't until I ran into COVID. The COVID fiasco. David Martin's one of the brighter guys in the world. You think, oh, that's, you know, incredible exaggeration. I'm just telling you what's fa- the facts. And so he's going to be here uh, that weekend, I think, speaking, but he's also going to do a seminar or a talk, he and his wife, Kim, together. What's going wrong? What's going right? Actually, the title is Where's This World Going is the title. So the folks that wrote this up for the if you, you want to look this up, ChurchOfGladTidings.com, and just click on events. And it's an inclusive, exclusive interview with Dr. David Martin. It's live. He's going to be here, but it's going to be broadcast live stream all over the world. And usually when he speaks, he gets thousands of dollars per person. You think, oh, I'd, I'm not in that realm. You don't have to be here. It's So it's a fundraiser to help some projects, humanitarian projects here. And it's $90 for 9.30 to 3 on December 9th. And it's $75 if you just want to catch it on, on you know, if you're out of you know, if you're a, an hour or two or three or four hours away or you want to tap in, $75. You can just watch a live stream. So it'll include in details and strategies never before discussed with the public about what's coming and how to deal with it. Uh, So he says, join us for an interactive conversation about what's going wrong, what's going right and how we release heaven into the earth. So uh, David Martin is not known as a church guy, but he believes in God and uh, but he's been more in the medical and finance area internationally. He just spoke at the European Union, and I think there was over a billion watches on that. You can still watch it probably on Rumble. He spoke to the European Union. You know what that is? You got it? It's all the Congresses represented for every nation over there in Europe. And he spoke to him about the covid fraud. And uh, he knows more about it than anybody else, except for the criminals that did it Fauci and the rest of them. But he's—he's he's got the goods on all of them. Where's this world going? You might want to be interested in that. So that's coming up on December uh, nine, nine thirty to three, and you can—I don't know—it'll direct you. It says more information and registration. It's on. Uh, so you go to churchofgladtidings.com, click on events. And then down at the bottom it said more information and reservations, and uh, and then it says how to do it. There's a lunch break from twelve to Uh so it, it you can just order right now, fill out prompted form, add your desired options, live stream, in person attendee. Let me just read you about David Martin. David Martin has been the world's unique voice in educating and activating humanity in the wake of global campaign of fear and terror from uncovering co- covert funding in the ni- 1990s to white-collar crime in the 2000s. David's never backed down from exposing corruption. Now he's leading the charge to hold accountable to criminal conspirators who shut down the world and are injecting humanity with deadly toxins. For the past 30 years, he's worked with in over 130 countries to redeem conflict metals, agriculture, and social systems, and return them to local communities. From the halls of Congress to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, Dr. Martin has become uniquely qualified to help lead humanity into its best and brightest future. So, what does Kim do? Well, that depends on the day and what Kimness is required but if you would sum it all up she fully lives and helps others do the same and decorates the world and people in 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 it as she goes for as long as Tim Kim can remember she has been insatiably curious about human potential and what is possible she doesn't and never will fit into conventional the conventional box Kim is a very experienced registered nurse created one of the most successful nurse consultancy companies in Australia, specializing in health assessments, wellness, and health promotion programs. Most of all, Kim and her nurses made many a patient's heart sing with their visits because they cared and the patients knew and felt it. Kim is an expert in human behavior and emotional health, studying this all over the world, and runs deeply transformational workshops with her amazing husband, David Martin, where they take Know Thyself to a whole new level to be feel to be and feel fully alive. You need to be fully you in every dimension of that and let go of all that is not your essence. You need to live and speak your truth. This is a principle that Kim lives by and inspires others by. So if you want to not leave town for those of you that live around here and you just want to sit in, uh, 9 30 to 3 30 with a 90 minute lunch uh and maybe get transformed in your thinking or if you want to watch online all that's cool okay i'm gonna leave you leave that there and uh also, I want to say many of you people that want to get out of the public school system have been talking about this the school that's cited out at Church of Glad Tidings. Oh, by the way, it's at 1179, this Where's This World Going? This event is at, at Church of Glad Tidings, 1179 Eager Road in Yuba City, just north of Yuba City. They call it Live Oak as well. It's just off Highway 99, 1179 Eager Road. So uh, that's at Church of Glad Tidings, really a a nice accommodation. Uh, They'll probably have, I don't know whether they'll offer food out there or not, but a lot of times they'll offer lunches out there, save you driving into town a bit. So also out at the church is uh, some folks got fed up with not having their kids in school, and they started a school and looked around town trying to find buildings. They couldn't find a building, so church of glad tidings allowed them to double up some classrooms out there and so they have a a k through 12 school they started it's now in its third year they started in a portion of the first year and uh, during covid and now they even had a preschool attached to it so a lot of kids are doing quite well in it that weren't doing well in the public school system so maybe even if you're child is doing well in the public school system that doesn't say a lot because it's totally corrupted and you have to weigh how much you're going to have to undo how many things are you're going to have to unteach your kid to say that's not right well that's not right well we don't believe that in this family right how many times you're gonna have to do that instead of going to a school that uh actually uh believes like you do and is going to be safe, and not going to try to indoctrinate kids, but teach kids how to think and be critical thinkers, critical understanders. So, Epic is uh, if you go to ChurchOfGladTidings.com and and run your cursor over. One of the uh, icons there it says ministries. There'll be a drop down there with about a dozen different things there, and you could click on Epic or or another word for it is Embassy Private Educational Center. That's what it stands for, but most people just say Epic, E P E C. So anyway, you, uh, school started obviously, but but uh, kids transfer around in schools, and uh, if you want a, an alternative. That's something you can check into, and uh, you can go communicate with them off, off this website, or you could uh, you could just send them an email, epic, E-P-E-C, at churchofgladtidings.com. You could learn about it on this website, uh, or you could go to 530-671-3171, extension 501, and talk to somebody. The other thing, if you're homeschooling or you think you you need to, you, you think I can't afford a private school. But I don't know whether I could do. I don't know that I could do uh, homeschool. And so we have a, an alternative there. It's not something Glad Tidings. It's not a Glad Tidings deal, but they meet out at uh, Glad Tidings on Fridays where a lot of these homeschool parents, lots of them gather their kids together and they all join up and they they have some mutual benefit type uh, exercises out there, whether it's athletics or education. They have teachers that come in and teach certain topics. It's called aero education and you don't have to pay really, I mean, there may be a $20 semester fee or whatever to cover some costs, but it's uh, cheap. But the cool thing is, if you're thinking about launching, or you're new to town, you want to do uh, homeschool, and you want people to work together on different things, whether it's field trips, or the best algebra uh, curriculum, or English curriculum, or history curriculum, whatever curriculums, you know, parents come up with good ideas and the best ideas, or the or how to how to teach the kids how to how to arrange your days, all that kind of stuff. So you can go to churchofgladtidings.com and then run your cursor over ministries, and it'll, you'll see a drop down to arrow education. Click on that, and you can see how to get a hold of them. But they meet on Fridays, so you don't have to go. I mean, you can join and not have to, you know, don't go every time. but. But you'll definitely get probably a phone list of people that you can become friends with and communicate with about best practices on doing your homeschooling. Listen, the people I know that are doing homeschooling, you know what they do? They they do a lot more in less time and have better outcomes in the public schools. Sad to say, isn't it? Because I was a product of the public schools and there was no options back in the day. You just all packed it up and you went to school. Every day, every month, every year, until you got out, and then that's that's what you got, good or bad. And back then, it was really good compared to what it is now. It was number one in the nation, California. Today, I think we're dragging it almost 50, if not 50. So there's Epic and also Era Education. I recommend them. I know a lot of your parents are freaking out because you got trans, transgender people showing up. You got people taking time, showing your kids how to put on condoms. You got people... Uh, trying to tell your kid he's not the gender that he's supposed to be, but he's some other gender and uh, talking about abortion and uh, I'm going to take you down. You can go have abortion or, you know, talk about sexual freedom. Honestly, people that has no business in our public school system. That's why in private school and the the, uh, well, private schools as well. But you just accomplish more because you're not wasting all this time with baloney. And if you go homeschool, my goodness, you're going to have time. I just got off the phone with a guy tonight, that uh, trucker, independent trucker. And he said, you know, Lou, I wasted the first 20 years of my life. He's 40. And he said, I could have bought a house. I could have bought houses. I could have started all kinds of businesses. And I said, he said, I just, I'm getting my son into the vending business as a youngster. And I, I said, cool. How old is he now? He said, he's 10. He said, I bought a vending machine. I bought a truck out of Arizona and he, he said that uh, a he said somehow I got a vending machine. He said, I'm gonna buy some vending machine and get him a vending route. I said, Well that's a big different deal than Taco Bell working at Taco Bell. Nothing again I, I think people working is good wherever they work. But I like these people that are starting their own businesses and at ten years old having dad uh mentor you and starting your own business and how, how it all works is It's just awesome. I think it's just beautiful, awesome, all that kind of stuff. All right, let me get down here. I I always have way too much to talk about, but uh, I'd rather have more than not enough. And uh, sometimes I just, you know, I got to, there's just three minutes left. I just want to mention this. I'm not going to have time to really go over it. It's called The Dark Anniversary Today that I'm doing this podcast. Uh, the recording of it is the 22nd of November. That's the day it's the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John Kennedy. John Kennedy, uh, was assassinated by the deep state of the United States. Our own people killed our president. They blamed it on a guy. I don't even think was involved. Uh, Harvey Oswald. Uh, they call him Lee Harvey Oswald. All the assassins get three names. Um, uh, the sad thing is, it just like today, they blamed it. The New York Times blamed it on the uh radical right, extremists on the right. They say uh this guy says Kennedy was assassinated by communist named a communist named Lee Harvey Oswald. That's this that's the company line in the United States. It's a lie. No stain of madness or violence in the nation itself was involved apart from Oswald's dedication to global communism. That's a lie. So, anyway, this is a write-up from the uh, New York Times. Yet, the New York Times immediately linked Kennedy's assassination, not with Oswald. They said it was extremists on the right. Isn't that interesting? Always working political angles, right? Same old, same old today, right? So, um... Anyway, I think over the next few years, you're going to see all kinds of uh, now the doctors before they die. The doctors that saw his body are finally going to uh, be talking about that. And uh, I was going to talk to you about um, you could look this up for yourself. There's a lady named Hannah Mather Crocker. It's also this year's the 210th anniversary of her sermon. Did you know that there were women preachers back then? Hannah Mather Crocker, she launched the tradition of Thanksgiving. You think, oh, they didn't even ask permission of the government? No, we didn't back then. They just launched stuff. So her her um, preaching on Thanksgiving, you can look it up. 1813 sermon entitled Thanksgiving Sermon. Title harkens back to the proclamations of Washington and Adams and the customs of New England, of her New England forebears. She did not, it seems, feel the need to contact the government to get permission to declare a day in late November to be Thanksgiving. And it's interesting. The theme of her sermon was the revival of American greatness. Now, where have you heard Make America Great Lately besides Donald Trump? So she was talking about reviving America's greatness in 1813. So don't give up hope, people. Let's just fight for what we believe in. And if it turns out good, hallelujah to you. And if it doesn't turn out so good, at least we know we did our best. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. I
1: see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world I see skies are blue And clouds of white The bright blessed day And the dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful